back from the bar with my grandfather, so pretty cool. Actually, so I was sitting there, and we're talking, and I know before he had told me, we were, <laughs> I didn't say anything to him, because as we're talking about UFOs, he says, you know, you got to be careful with those individuals that see them all the time. They're in the occult. And I'm like, I, I better not say anything. <laughs> so I didn't say anything. And then tonight we were at the bar and he, it was just me. I had a beer or two. And then we're sitting there and he goes, what's that shirt say you got on? I'm like, oh, that's weaponized. That's it's a podcast. For, oh, he goes, I watch that and I watch yours. I said, you watch my podcast, Grandpa? He's like, yeah, but you got to watch out for the occult. <laughs> I said, all right, Grandpa, I'll watch out for the occult. I said, would it make you mad if I'm in a cult? He just stopped talking. That's the beers, though, Astral. That's pretty cool, though, man. Oh, dude, <laughs> I'm going to post a picture of me and him. I haven't seen him in 16 years, so we had a good time. I was at the ball field uh, yelling at my son for like four hours while he played baseball. So <laughs> two, two different vibes there. Right on, man. That's why I actually messaged you. I was like, hey, actually had a good time talking to my grandpa. Let's let's do a space, man. And you're like, don't worry, Shane, I'll be on time. And you were on time and I was running late. You want to know why I was running late, Astral? I like to put puns in my title. Puns that are related to UFOs. So I spend a lot of time trying to figure out a pun and I couldn't find one. This is the best I had. And I'm not even joking. So he's behind. He's he's the leader of the squad, or uh, he's behind some of this. You think? Oh, I think I think who Herrick Walter Blink Walter Breen. Uh, what was his um, assistant's name? I'll, I'll figure it out later. Yeah, I, I think. Oh, you! I I talked about it last night. That Elf Waves for Peace, or the the actual one I read last night. I think Beck is the one I read last night, actually. But he actually he describes. Straight up, MK Ultra experiments for psychic. I mean, he straight up tells you that you can induce more psychic ability. So, I think, yeah, I think all of that. I also think uh, there's 400 of them around there. I actually meant to tag Jack and when I posted that shit too, but uh, and Jack was a part of Stargate, and I obviously Jack was one of them. There's a lot of these individuals out there. And I keep telling you, I think the targeted thing, it's about things that people learn, downloads and things like that, right? So, what's up, Ty? I haven't seen you in a minute, man. You're welcome to come up. Well, when you, dude, when you say Stargate, do you mean the remote viewing program? Oh, hell yeah. That's what I mean. Did you not? I don't, I, I haven't heard much about Jack Safardi and the oh. stuff. Oh, ho, 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 ho. neither had I until I came across papers from the CIA with his name on them. I posted them. You want me to put them in the nest? Yeah, I'll check them out. Oh, I'll yeah, bro. Yeah, actually, let me put it to you this way. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it like this. How do you say it to sound non-douchey? Like, after that, I actually kind of heard... Look, my dumb ass, if I wasn't kind of trying to figure out where I was going, I probably would have pieced two and two together with some of the information that I had had, but I had also heard that somewhere before. But those CIA well, was he a remote viewer or was he like a Hal me, put off or Russell Tard? There you go. Let me let me post it so you can see. Let me post the shit. Take over real quick. 
Yeah, because I, I just there were two aspects of the remote viewing program. Uh, I mean, there were a lot of stuff, but there were kind of uh, two parts that were played. And basically the researchers like SRI, people like Hal Putoff and Russell Targ. Um, and then there were the actual remote viewers, the people being tasked with the targets uh, like Joe McMonagall, Ingo Swan and and uh, Pat Price, that sort of thing. So I, I've just never heard Sarfati's name in any even like other remote viewers who you know aren't as notorious as the 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 big ones that were involved so it's i'd be interested yeah to see like and i say here's the thing though man i keep saying that i'm really good at information just suck at putting it out i've got tons of information that it not just implies that but let me just say there's way more to the story i just haven't got the chance to put it out and the reason being remember how i tell you guys i follow my tingle until i can research and find documents and vet well i came across these stargate documents from the cia and I'm, that's what i'm going to post in here and those make everything else that's why i'm doing the freaking uh, jack safari lectures for my twitter week my personal twitter week right i'm gonna spend some time doing that it's t t i'm telling you man it's some good shit uh, don't get me wrong i'm not some hyper genius and shit like that oftentimes i spend hours on one slide like what is going on and then i can easily the best part guys if you need to you can copy and paste throw it in chat gpt and say layman this shit so i understand it until you do and then you can start applying the shit I don't have to do it with a whole lot but for stuff that's at that level oh my gosh man it's just like i don't know i don't even know what the hell i'm looking at here is that an is that a formula or is that a picture of his kid that's actually pretty funny and smart, dude. Just like whatever he's posting, <laughs> just throw it into chat GPT and be like, okay, make some sense out of this for me uh, so I can have just a coherent conversation with this person. When I think when people start talking physics in terms of UAP, it just goes so far over people's heads, including myself, that one, you know, a minute in, you're just like nodding your head, but you have no idea what they're really talking. They talk, you know, about like quantum mechanics and, you know, neurolog you know, neuroscience and a lot of different things. And, and then just physics itself of like the observing and, uh, you know, concrete type of science that you're able to do. So they use it in a lot more complex terms. And I think that that kind of scares people off when that's really what we need is, is sort of like these physics experts to come in and be like, okay, here's how we really need to measure this stuff. Hey, I just posted it, by the way, it's in the nest and I'm posting it in here right now. Hey guys, do me a favor, retweet the space. Um, you want be cool and quote it. You can even at Jack. Because, again, I'm telling you, it's not just Project Stargate. I, if you guys have read that stuff, I'm sure there's wilder parts of things that doesn't... I'm Shit, I believe the wild, man. Like I said, Project Reserve Destiny with Dan Sherman, why this is a communication thing, I think all of this plays in. They found out how they, they could, all these other things. But, yeah, that's real, too. I mean, this communication with these NHI or whatever you want to call them is legit. So one of the reasons I say Dan Sherman's Project Preserve Destiny, read the book, it's important. In the book, he has a copy of his PCS orders. And in those orders, 
you can actually look at the fun site code. If you go and I spent some time breaking the fun site code down because it's not like I do that shit on all the time. As I broke it down, you get different things in it, right? Because that's how they work. And I, I kind of knew that. That's one of the reasons I did. And I actually, no shit, I saw a little mark by it in my head. I was like, I don't know if that's a, that's a little signature or Dan's leaving me a message. So I started reading that shit and I broke it down. And then I ended up getting, oh shit, the GSA is paying for his storage and his PCS. That doesn't happen. The GSA and the militaries exist for a couple of reasons. Procurement, real estate. That's a way to funnel money to black programs. And then one of the actual um, numbers, if you break it down, has an ON. And that's, as I research what that is, that's, that's going to be the operation or project. So I started researching. And the, close, the one that makes sense to me is Operation Nitro. No, Nectar. It's Operation Nectar. And what that is, is it's like a satellite site. When I say satellite site, just an off, it's, it's a site where they can contact and communicate with allies right i'm gonna say on the dl but here's the kicker too you can also take those orders and just by reading what's on those orders you can actually figure out where he went to in his second deployment or where he's pcs into which was aviana air base because that's the uh air that's going to be the european space command so that's where obviously if you piece that with what's in his book where he talked to bones the second gray he talked to bones at aviana air base and Nectar was going on at Aviona Berry. So you can even open up more and more by this stuff, right? So I know it sounds a little bit, I got a tweet on that too. Astral Takeover, I'll put most of these in here so people can kind of follow along. Shoot, I'm trying to follow along myself, bro. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of different rabbit holes you can go into. I think even just following different people. But I also feel like it's just, it's also a very small community. We were talking about it like last night of, um, I think B mentioned uh, the upcoming talk with like Avi Loeb and uh, Dean Radin, but Dean Radin's also worked with Gary Noland and even with like the remote viewers. That's why I'm actually going to reach out to a couple of the remote viewers that I know and be like, uh, what, what's up with Jack Safardi like in the remote viewing program? And they'll be honest. They'll be Do like, it. Yeah, they'll I be like, bullshit, Do or it. they'll be like, hmm, interesting you say his name. Well, as a matter of fact, da, 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 da. You should do it, actually, no doubt, because, again, he was. I not just, I ran across the documents because sometimes I don't like just talking about shit. I want to have, that's why, I, you, same thing with when I got that, Um, I think it was that reverse engineered craft that looked like a cloud, right? I always wait till I find something that could, same thing. I found these documents, then I was going to talk about it. Until then, I didn't run and just start blabbing and sound like a fool because, again, Jack Safari could literally probably think his way and have me disappeared, right? I promise you, every time he posts shit, I go through and I try to get it figured out what the hell he's saying. A lot of the information I have, not just about that, Star Kids, all kinds of other things that make him super important that I would pay attention to what he's saying. And like I said, Astral, if Jack Safardi comes in your thread with a tweet, that means you messed up. Read his tweet, figure out where you did, and fix your shit, bro. I'm telling you, that's how the world works, and that's how I fix my shit. I, I'm just asking a question. Majority of mine are just questions. I'm not stating anything. <laughs> as your question, Astral. <laughs> Maybe he's answering the question with his uh, post. That's why I break everything he says down. I try to figure out is what's he saying. Right. And that's where I got to where I'm at with a lot of them. Look, his lectures, 
these lectures are awesome. Time travel. And if you guys haven't read the second book, I keep forgetting the name. It's uh, basically first. The first book's going to be How Hippies Save Physics, and then the, he actually there's another book that just came out. Let me get that real quick because I don't want to me mess the name up real quick. Take over, sing or something. Tell about a retweet. Well, we had um, the reason that I say I check with people that I know for references is I actually feel like that's a good thing to do with people who come in and start claiming things. For example, we had somebody come into just a meeting with like UAP med and they were like, Oh, I work in this sector and I've done this. And I, I work closely with arrow and Sean Kirkpatrick and he was dropping a lot of names. And one of the names had just happened to be in an email thread with for the last couple of weeks. And I said, Hey man, this person just mentioned your name as they work closely with you. Like, what do you know about them? They're probably saying some pretty interesting things that they're pretty deep in this UAP thing. And, he was like, I have no idea who you're talking about. This guy's bullshitting. <laughs> so, and then he never came to the meeting again. So we kind of snuffed, you know, you kind of, you, you don't say everybody, I guess, that you know, as a point of reference to be able to look at later when people do start saying a lot of things and like these people come start coming out in the community and like, I know this, I, I, I've worked with this person, I know this. And uh, it's, it's a way to like cross-reference people. But um you know, I think it's important to do that, to, to not just let people go out there and start making a lot of these claims. But, you know, if he has worked with a lot of the people and I think that's the thing is some people probably have done a lot of the stuff that they say, but they embellish it. You know, it's just like they embellish their contributions to different programs and the different projects and the impact that it's had. I think people that's one of the things in the field that frustrates a lot of people is like, you know, somebody would will stand on this this maybe accomplishment that they've done for 20 years, you know, and they think that like everything that they've said now is, should be credible because of what they've done in the past. And um, I, I just think that there needs to be a lot more of, of checking people on the facts in the current stuff of what they're doing, but you know, it doesn't have to be like personal shit. Like, you know, I can get a little bit too personal, but um, Yeah. So check it out. I just posted them. I'll post them in the nest right now. Wait, let me see. Where did I post them in the nest? How do I do that? Here we go. So it's the, the second book, The Great Race, Physics, Paranormal, Time Travel, UFOs, Jack Sparta Story. Yeah, check that one shit out too, man. The cool part is, I don't want to say that. I'm, I'm telling you, man, I pay attention to the stuff he has to say. A lot of people, though. I try to break shit down just to see what's what because I'm not the smartest man in the world. But again, I enjoy this topic. And I think I'm pretty good at the topic, right? So, both those books, I'm going to do the lectures. I actually had that. So, the slides, guys, right? And here's what I'm going to tell you. Again, I'm Shane. So, it may take a little time, but they'll be ready for my Twitter space. I promise you. They will be ready. That's what I want to do on my uh, solo one, right? Because I think it's cool. It's actually important as well. And some of it, maybe I can give out some of the other information then as well. But shit, I'm, I think it's important. You guys hear me grabbing about time travel all the time for a reason. Yeah. Communication, all these things. And Astral do that. Did you see the papers I actually posted up there in the nest? Hold on. Sorry. Give me two minutes. I'll be right back. All right. Anyway. All right, guys. You guys can all come up here. Post in the nest. Do me a favor. Why waiting? Just retweet the space. We can talk about anything we want tonight. RV, Stargate, Jack, anything. Um, treaties, 
abduction, all these wonderful things. I just came across a great article that was talking about something today. What was it that I saw? It was, uh, let me, let me, let me go look at it because it was super important. While I bring him up here. What's up, man? Hello. Yeah, you guys are going pretty uh, close to interesting stuff on disclosure. We're just close? We're not quite there, huh? Get us there, bro. No, you're, you're getting close, man. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, back when I was reading about this stuff in 2017, it was like way out there. Like, what? <laughs> I was like, okay, let me let me look at a flat earth three instead. Maybe that's sooner and <laughs> the moon landing, all this stuff. But I mean, I. I mean, channelers have always told us, uh, me, that, yeah, humanity will awaken to this stuff, but I didn't know how, exactly how it will work. Let me ask you, have you heard of Project Zeus? Nope. It's a military thing that your contacts will know more about. But I do know, like... I think, too, like, when you first start uh, getting into the UFO topic... Uh, just for me personally, I was a lot more open and acceptive to other ideas that were happening, you know, earlier on, like all the different scenarios and all the different things. I become a lot more skeptical. I, 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 you would think that like you become more open as you go through this, but you actually, I feel like become more skeptical in a way that like you've seen the bullshit, you've seen some bullshit and like you're able to kind of analyze some stuff more in detail and kind of have a, a common uh, sense thread to, to go through this. So that's, that's, I, I feel like the more that, and, and you see that also with people who have like done this, you, you see people on Twitter, like they'd be like, I've been this for 30, 40 years. I've been studying this topic, but they're extremely skeptical. Like they're very skeptical um, of all the stuff that comes out. And I think that just comes with time of you looking into this topic. And like, it's just a, a lot of the same, you know, noise. Yeah. That's the way it should be really. I mean, if you're an if you're an experiencer and you're also skeptical, you hit the you hit the sweet spot, right? Anybody have has anybody here ever heard of the Council of Ten Paraphysical Entities? No. It sounds like old vet could be a little more skeptical. I've never heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't you ain't joking, bro. Like, but that's the thing with me, though. I'll read and go into anything, right? Doesn't mean I believe everything, but that's why I ask questions. If other people have heard about these things and stuff like that, right? And the one I was going to ask real quick was, hold on, let me find it. So it's, yeah, it was Project Zeus, but the High Frontier. Has anyone ever heard of the High Frontier? No? Okay. No. So. Bear with me here. Is this a weed joke? Yeah, it's a weed joke. A book by General Graham entitled The High Frontier and the National Security Agency funded Project High Frontier. The project used some of the nation's best engineers and development scientists. This book and the project were the red herring technique to sell the concept and proposal to Congress, scientists, and the defense and aerospace industries. It supposedly was a bold new defense plan for the United States and Western civilization. This was followed by another book, The Strategy of Technology by Stefan Pasoni and Jerry Cornell. 
it should be mentioned that neither of these two authors dream their book would be used further to promote purposes as a Magi, Majestic 12, and Project Zeus. Its concept was to abandon the doctrine of mutual assured destruction in favor of assured survival in any conflict with the USSR. The foregoing concepts of Western Civilization Defense Plan and the covert efforts directed against the Greys, Project Zeus, orchestrated by Magi, were presented to President Ronald Reagan. The presentation was successful. On March 23, 1983, President, President Reagan made his famous Star Wars speech and labeled it the Strategic Defense Initiative. Only in later speeches near the end of his term did President Reagan publicly mention the possibility of hostile encounter with extraterrestrials. The importance of this endeavor and the seriousness, serious nature of this threat presented by the Greys and the consequences of Project Zeus were aborted. Explained why, if Project Zeus were aborted, explain why President would not budge from his SDI position, even in the most critical of nuclear arms reduction negotiations with the USSR or critics in the scientific community of Congress. It also explains why George, President George Bush, still the head of Magi, continued to press forward with SDI project when he was in office. You guys ever heard that? I've heard about pro, uh, the later programs that came about, uh, like extrasolar colonization, how they were funding money to some um, Nazi uh, space fleets that were bent on conquering other worlds, uh, Mars space. I mean, these are all like uh, bifurcations of this kind of policy where the nations are told, give us your GDP, 1%, give us your best people. We'll use it to save the species. In reality, of course, they were building some kind of uh, empire military, like, uh, you know, Palpatine stuff. All right, right on. All right, guys, and here's another. I'm going to read some more stuff off. If anyone in these rooms has heard of them, post in here if you guys want. Or if you're an individual who can help me figure out some of these, you can always hit me in a DM or you can reach me at, I think, it's what, the anomalous at proton.me. But Project Gabriel, the project was tasked with developing a low-frequency pulse sound generator when it was determined that the alien weapons and craft would be vulnerable to this weapon. It is questionable whether the project exists, but it was derived from the technology captured from Germany during World War II. I don't know if you guys ever heard that about what they got from Mussolini. The, uh, I guess you would say the, the exact thing I, I talked about. What the hell would they call it? So one of my sources actually told me that we use a piezoelectric, I guess you'd say, the way this, this uh, weapon that we take down craft is piezoelectric. Well, you can go look right now on Google. And one of the things they talk about is they commandeered from Mussolini during part of this reverse engineered tech. It was some kind of a death ray-ish thing that could stop vehicles in their tracks and stuff like that. And that's that's out there. So one of the reasons I brought that up is I I swear I've, I I know I've I've heard this weapon exists and I think it's that right there. It's, so it's guys... piece, yeah, it's like pieces of the Tesla stuff they got from back when he died. Uh, that was Donald Trump's uh, father, I think it was, or grandfather. Talk a little bit and more then, about Tesla. I don't know if a lot of people know how important Tesla's actual inventions and patents were, even though he got screwed. Other people took them and ran, especially defense. They made a death ray out of it, but he, he didn't want to do that. So that's so why he was broke when he died. But he, they took that technology, but they didn't have the like the power source. They were missing some components. And then they took maybe Mussolini stuff, and they had the Nazi scientists over the kept trying to get more and more pieces, you know, to get something that could make a weapon out of it. And now you have, now they have it. 
All right, right on. Here's another one for you guys. This is one that's really important to me. Really. Project Sigma. Conducts electronic communication with extraterrestrials, part of an ongoing co contact project run by the N through the NSA since as early as 1963, which led to the Holloman Air Force Base incident in 1964. What do you guys think about that? Does that sound familiar? I'm sending some like documents that? your way. There's a bunch in your inbox already, but I'm sending a whole bunch more. Holy shit, Angela. You're awesome. That's what I'm talking about. So, Ash, we'll take over real quick. Before you take over, what about Project Red Light? Originally established in 1954, the mission for Project Red Light was to test fly recovered alien craft. The project carried out at Area 51, Groom Lake, and Area S4 in Nevada was postponed after every attempt resulted in the destruction of the craft and death of the pilots. Project Red Light was resumed in 1972 and has since been partially successful. UFO sightings of craft accompanied by black helicopters and Project Red Light assessments. So I've heard Red Light and there's one more term, Zodiac. If you guys know those two, holler, put them in the thread if you find any information on Project Zodiac or Red Light. Because I'll go through it. I got you. Holy shit. This is awesome. I'm just keep on going, man. Oh, no. If you look at that one I sent you, that's every single... And that has the case numbers. So it's individually um, categorized. I have a bunch of them. I just have to sift through like 22,000 uh, files. This is my shit, man. This is the happiest I've been in years. No shit. This just is send me a list of whatever you want because I have ADHD, bro, and I can just forward it all to you. Dude, Angela, use AI to through all that for real i don't know how to do that dude i've always i mean i've always done this old-fashioned so this is the only way i know how is to read it i actually stumbled back across a document today that i've been looking for now i can't find it again that actually mentions the hybridization and the fact that different out of all of us on earth we're all hybrids different hybrids from different Alien, what do you call them? Uh, racist species, right? And the mix yeah, that, of percentages. That that topic I do know about. Uh, and tell so us. Tell it. Wait, wait, so wait. wait let, me, let me ask you a question. Let me ask a question. <laughs> tell us how okay. that pertains to whether a person is abducted or any of that kind of stuff. The the, well, the friend, percentages and. Yeah, just a uh, friend and Tom Montauk talked about this, where your specific genetic lineage is of interest to a lot of ETs and my lab programs because they're looking for the psionic gene. Uh, partially because they just want, you know, they want size spies and psionics because they think of you as a kind of weapon or technology that they can, you know, uh, manage or research. So some of these ETs, like, don't, they don't have the same powers that we do. They have technology, but not the psionic ability to remote view across the universe. That's a kind of far, that's not something that they can engineer into themselves. So they, they see you as a kind of exotic lost technology that they want to splice and gene splice your DNA into theirs or vice versa some, do something with that and the military of course is interested uh, not only in harnessing the human resource but they're also interested in spying on the people abducting the, the genetic lineages that are known for psionics that tends to run in families so they're always looking for the human genome or what makes you a powerful psionic or telekinetic but other than that as for why, like, uh, 
you know the stories about all the gods and the watchers from first Enoch and the Genesis. There were giants and the and the Nephilim. I mean, those are basically hybrids, where you have angelic or ET DNA intermixed with human DNA, and then all kinds of problems started going on. But even before that, the human species was already interspliced with all these uh, different ET lines, because a lot of our wars actually are like proxy wars for other realms because the DNA is in humanity itself. We're like a we're like the English, like the mongrel of everything put together. As for why this is, it's mostly because uh oh maybe I shouldn't talk about that. I'm not supposed to talk about that. It's basically supposed to fix galactic problems via proxy war. So instead of fighting and blowing up their worlds out there, they can fight it out here using their um proxy people proxy genetic lineages so that's why some ETs only contact their uh, star ambassadors they have a genetic line that they incarnate into why do you think they're like wars of genocide uh, there's a political reason but there's also an extra political reason if you wipe off the DNA of your enemies they can't incarnate anymore you just you can play on earth all you want your enemies are by so some of these ETs have ongoing fuse, like what they call the Orion Wars or technically Star Wars kind of stuff. And they've just been fighting it out and they they never fixed their issue. So like uh, Palestine, and they fixed the issue. So now on Earth, they, you have the same genetic lineages and you're seeing some ethnic issues. And you think it's like, oh, it's just somebody did somebody and they're fighting over that. But on the esoteric level, they're fighting because of genetics are trying to fix the trauma and if humanity can fix it that will become like a uh, solution for the other uh, star nations that's why a lot of people are interested in here and they don't let this place get completely destroyed have you ever heard of the prime directive yeah, that's that star uh, confederation kind of, uh, ah, confederation kind of stuff. confederation talk they're, they're waiting for us to get to the 10% of consciousness consciousness the planet right to ask for us to be elevated or help for that right you've heard that yeah, i think star trek was like a navy's uh limited disclosure if you look at the creator of star trek he had some weird contacts with navy intel and uh he also intended like channeling sessions i think it was andrea puhara was part of that it's kind of a council of nine yes. channeling sessions Uri was part of that too, strangely. I mean, all these military contacts go yeah. way back. They had, they were like interesting esoteric contact with ETs and stuff. And you think it was like French back then, but you have Navy intel Where and then the think, creator of I Star imagine Trek. that's probably where our government got the idea. Yeah, they, they were like testing like War of the Worlds. What would humans react to if they got this? And if they don't react well and they don't want to tell you, they'll say, oh, it's just entertainment. It's, it's kind of like a, a onion disclosure level. Like when they did the Majestic 12 documents, which the information I think was accurate. But they purposely put some typeface that was incorrect in it. So if anyone leaked it, they could say, oh, that, that print's incorrect. Uh, that's fake. But the information I was correct. I mean, as far as I know, the Majestic 12 names were correct. Include Admiral Forrester, who died uh, by falling out a window. That's yeah, funky, huh? That can happen a lot. Well, they use some more advanced methods now, like uh, wildfires and uh, plane crashes and stuff like that. 
that answer your question about the whole hybrid stuff? Yes, it does. All right, let me I think I, yeah, I All think right. I cover everything that I can talk about Ralph and John Free Will. Right on, guys. Hey, guys, do me a favor, retweet the space, and we'll keep going. Throw some stuff in there if you want. Actually, I appreciate it if you do. The more information in there, the more I look at, the more someone else looks at, and maybe the information that says, oh, shit, that shit I saw wasn't bullshit. It's real, right? And that's the whole thing. We're trying to bring people over into this tent with the experiencers and shit that know the shit's legit. I don't need anyone to tell me the government has shit, right? Because there's some wild-ass shit happening in Yakima Valley. Ashley's still there? Did you get a chance to look at those papers? Shit, no. What the? Are you just Sorry, I'm playing it, dude. I'm trying to plan UFO Twitter week. <laughs> I got like six people in my DMs right now because I posted it. They're like, I wasn't on the flyer. What the heck? I'm like, bro, chill. Wait, did you yeah. put me on the flyer? I'm about to make it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See, everybody's feelings get hurt. I want yes, to DM you. You better flyer. put me on that flyer. <laughs> Astro's doing strategy stuff, and Ovet wants him to read a document. <laughs> yeah, Ovet's kind of selfish in that way. It, I'm, I'm guilty because I asked him to post documents it. on psychic weaponry, too. Shit, this is awesome. This is what I usually do all day, every day. Just reading this stuff. What's up, Matt? Come on up. Wait, what happened to Ty? Hey, so there's a chance I am definitely related to the uh, small grays. It says here their approximate height is three five to four five. <laughs> you go by that? height. Have you, how many? You know what? I, I laugh at my height, but one. Kimball's shorter than me. Yeah, in real life, he's shorter than me, but he's a great dude. One of my, one of the coolest people. But he's short as hell. Sure, sure, but a good guy. I promise. Yeah. I was like, man, this is gonna have to be my best friend. So I look tall. Dude, I'm the best wingman. Dude, that was a good time. I already forgot where we were at together, too, because I've been to so many of those damn things. <laughs> which, oh, which alien conference was it? Uh, the one in Pasadena. Oh, but I think you're interested in this because uh, you probably did this in a previous life or the current life, the psychic weapon. Psychic Wait, weapon? Was it, was, was it Alien Con? Yes. No. I... Because I think AlienCon's not happening anymore. They, like, canceled it. No, AlienCon, me and Toby went to. That was off the chain, too, man. So, Jules, you naughty little shit. Don't ask me stuff like that. Oh, damn. I mean, what was I saying? What the fuck was it? Don't just... <laughs> no, Jules, no. To that question, okay? What were we talking about, AlienCon? I don't know what the... Kimball. Contact in the desert. What are you telling people, Kimball? I'm just messing with you. So contact was actually a pretty good time. Went down there in Pasadena. It was me, Toby with Roswell Daily Record. Uh, Kimball was there. Um, Red Panda showed up. We had a couple beers. Uh, I didn't watch any speakers. But I did interview Michael Schratt, which was amazing. Because, again, look, I'm not going to lie to you. Again, I'm not. Jay Anderson was there, too. Were you at the pool with us, dude? Dude. Are you, Kimball, who took the photo of me, bro? No, that was before, though. Oh, really? That was the day before, yeah. I freaked me out, dude. I was like, what, where, where'd this photo come from? I don't even know who took a photo of me. 
Was he at the pool? Shane was sleeping on the lawn chair. <laughs> I was, dude. I was, too. But look, there was lots of individuals there, lots of speakers, all of which I'm sure did well and things like that. I had an interview scheduled with um, Danny Sheehan, and he missed it because he's getting a two-day-long massage, which I don't blame him. He probably saw my name. But that being said, it was still off the chain because I got to interview Michael Stratt about crash retrievals. And I'm talking, I, I love crash retrievals. Me and him were just kind of bonding on that shit, man. So, you know, he, he starts mentioning shit like he's talking about Mrs. G and talking about the different things, she, the thousands of things she's logged and what she'd seen. And I kind of peek out behind the camera. And I was like, I named her because he hadn't said her name yet. He said, we had a witness. And I was like, Mrs. G. And we made eye contact. And it's like, this is my boy right there. Bam. Right. All on those crash retrievals. Leonard Stringfield, UFO crash retrievals, volume one through seven. It's a great read. I'm telling you. What's up, Matt? Hey Shane, hey Asher, how y'all can move? What's up? Hey, old vet, I know something you don't know. Miss Angela, she knows a thing or two about the psychic program. She does. I tested her and, well, she just gave me her story and I just like, yep, she's got some truth. She knows some shit, man. She's a she, oh, she's a searcher. I do know. I've been reading some of the documents, and I do know this for a fact. So anyone not thinking that, you shouldn't. So I will say that I've been going over these documents. Matt's right. She's right. Yeah, this is stuff I, I, I like to go through. Just like Astral, I'm telling you, go read those documents I posted, which you still haven't, that says Jay Sarfati. I'm getting I just sent press. you parapsychological weaponry, um, and this was all written in the 60s, so think of how more advanced it's been since then. Yeah. I don't doubt it, because I actually had an individual tell me a while back, before I really got into this, you know, he said, man, we've had the ability to put shit into people's heads since the 70s. Since the 70s. So imagine where we're at today. Hell, B posts numerous papers that talk about synthetic telepathy programs, which is what Scott Andrews actually has symptoms from, not Havana they mastered Kingdom. telepathic hypnosis. Yes. So yeah, but now people do hypno kink. But uh, will the real Scott Andrews please stand up? Please stand up. Please stand up. Will the real Scott Andrews please stand up? Please stand up. Yeah, I wish, Matt. I wish. I have an I have an idea who I think it is, but I I alternate between two. And it just goes back and forth, back and forth. Right now, I don't even know, right? But I do know this. The Star Kids are straight up legit. Real. All the things we talk about, like with uh, Dan Comanche and Piharich, the Star Kids, like, there's a high probability. And they're making a uh, new documentary, maybe, about Piharich and the Star Kids. Indigo, Crystal, and um, Rainbow. Ooh, I'm Indigo. Indiegogo. That's right. No. I, every time I read a book, anytime the, I come across the paper, I go through the little, they have like traits or checklists. Every time I'm, I'm max 17, 17, 20, 20, you know, and I'm like, the last one I read, I was like, did someone, someone fucking with me and wrote this about my life? It literally, you know, between addiction and things like that. I'm like, holy shit, man. And it does sound wild. I don't even know what to say about that. Astro, you need to go. How old are you? 72? 25. 
The indigo is uh, more about how how much of the sixth chakra you have, the purple indigo. Yes, that's why they named it indigo. Yeah, the third eye. Tell us more about that, actually. By the way, the sixth chakra is about uh, paranoia, sixth sense, seeing the unseen. So what Astro was talking about where you're becoming skeptical about what you're actually seeing. That's a... Now, if you're skeptical on a 3D level, that's a different issue. But if you're skeptical and you're using your psionics and your intuition and download that sixth chakra, that's a sixth chakra skill set or graduation test. For the graduation test for the fifth chakra is speaking your truth. So if you don't speak your truth because you don't want society to make fun of you, then it's hard to get to the sixth chakra and pass that paranoia test because you're just going to be in the closet forever. It's only when you speak your truth and then you, the society feedbacks on you and then you can pass those two tests. Once you pass those two tests, you actually get a lot more soul power out of it and your life gets better. I got to stop sharing stuff because the whole app just shut down, man. Like My TikTok got shut down earlier. Facebook was yesterday and I've just been screenshotting or screen recording. My mic's been taken away. It's ridiculous. The prime director in action. <laughs> well, yeah, what you were saying too, I feel like happens not only on a uh, experiential level uh, of becoming more skeptical, but you know, I was mainly kind of referring to like what you hear about and the evidence and a lot of sort. But it's also, I feel like, when now that you mention it, is experience or stuff because you know once you first getting into this and then you hear like some noise in the other room you're like oh shit like that's that's something that's there it is like you know like you just start hyping it up when it's it's really like a squirrel on your fucking roof or something you know so i think that like you you uh once you get really like passionate about it and and into this topic right in the beginning i think you just are like you're like a sponge where like anything happens like you're like driving and looking up at the sky and shit at the same time you know to to, like catch and then you see something and you're like there's something you know so i think that like there's that part of it where you're so into it and you're so open and and willing for something to happen that any sort of thing that that you that could be related to that is kind of referenced to being paranormal or psychic or that type it's like a child uh, being told Santa Claus is real, right? It works so far for me. I mean, <laughs> my kids uh, haven't got there yet, so <laughs> probably one more year of them. Oh, actually, that man, actually. it never worked with me for my kids. Like as soon as they were old enough to realize, like they were just too smart. Like they would try, they would set traps. Like it, it was. <laughs> It was really an adventure raising them, but I really wished I could do all those little, you know, Easter bunny and stuff like that. They just never gave me the opportunity. It's a future researcher. He's like trapping Santa Claus. You're like, okay, kid, you've got a future. <laughs> but Astro, don't you see you have an entire civilization that's, that wants to be told the truth and is for disclosure, uh, theoretically, but then they do the Santa uh, NORAD scheme. <laughs> They're basically pretending something that they know is not real to the kids. Yeah, but the kids like it, though. It's something to, um, like, take the fear out of the kids whenever the missile's coming over uh, the North Pole, you know? Santa's bringing Christmas presents in or it attracts it. So, you know, it's just the mythology that we, we all just commonly accept and hope for the best with the 
the uh, Santa Claus coming over the North Pole and NORAD tracking it, you know? Okay. Right hey, on. guys, NORAD just uh, – Santa Claus just took out Florida. We heard <laughs> – Oh my Don't gosh, you guys, can you just imagine if you're watching the news, hearing this crap, freaking out, man? <laughs> Dude, the, like, what is, like, the puppet stuff, the, the the year there was no Christmas or whatever with the, the uh, what's his name, Mr. Freeze and uh, Mr. Flame or whatever? Dude, the year there without a Santa Claus, man... Y'all want to know why why Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer flies? Because he ate fucking shrooms. That I was taught in bo- like early biology 101. Like, people drink rainbow reindeer pee to trip and uh, see the reindeer fly. And, yep. That's that's a, this is truth. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Enough about reindeer pee. Enough about the reindeer pee. We'll move on from reindeer pee, though. Let me ask you this. What do you think about Project Serpo? Matt, anybody? Dodie. Yes, Dodie. You believe what you want with what Dodie says, but we're never going to find the answer from that. There's never going to be some higher truth. It's all going to be some element of speculation. What is the name of the project? Hold up. What Matt, let me f- tell you this. There's a reason disinfo exists. Dodie interjected himself for a reason in there. So you don't disinfo something that there is no info for. That's what I'm trying to I say. I just now. need the name. Give me 10 minutes. I'm sorry. Project Serpo. And I'm going to read something. So this is uh, President Reagan, the caretakers, talking to President Reagan after a break they had. He says, in 1976 and J-12 report, it was estimated that the alien technology is many thousands of years ahead of ours. Our scientists speculated that until our technology develops to a level equal to the aliens, we cannot understand the large volume of scientific information we have gained from the aliens' craft. This advancement of our technology may take many hundreds of years. Mr. President, time is very different on the even planet, which, by the way, we call Serpo. Their day is approximately 40 hours. That is measured by the movement of their two suns. The solar system containing Serpo is a binary star system of two suns rather than one like our solar system. Project Serpo was an exchange program between scientists and some military uppers, right? Between the Eben and us, supposedly. So, what you got, Matt? Damn, I was over there trying to, like, like look it up, but... Dude, go see some... what I just sent in your inbox. Wait, there you go. Ang- Angela, I went with some BDE to the uh, National Archives for Cash Landrum incident, and old vet Shane... Astral Kimball, y'all know I, I I am in the mix of some that shit happened and I'm still looking for answers for those two old ladies and that little well now he's a he's an adult but Colby you know I still try to find them answers because something happened that last um December week of 1980 in Rendlesham and in New Caney, Texas. And that's a fact. And I went with some BDE and I told Ezra Cohen and the Public Information Declassification Board. I'm like, we deserve some fucking answers on this because 
You can sit there and make fun of it, but that shit fucking happened, bro. I'm from here. That shit happened in New Kingdom and in Rendlesham. But what it is, we don't have a fucking clue, and we deserve some answers. It's my opinion. I'm sorry. You don't got to be sorry for your opinion, man. I'm glad you're up in here, brother. As long as we're out raising hands and talking the subject, I don't care who's here talking the subject, okay? So do me a favor, retweet the space, quote it, do whatever you want, throw some shit in there. We'll keep talking about this stuff. I think next up, I want to talk about the short grays and the tall grays, the difference where we think they're from. And by we, apparently, Astro, I don't know what the hell you're doing, bro. I need your opinion on the grays. The grays? Man. I've just heard so much about the grays, though, like, are they biological? Are they, are, you know, like shells, like basically robots that they're able to insert their consciousness? Are they the main ones doing the abductions? Um, are they, you know, and then you hear like they're able to shift their appearance to people. And then some people are able to like see through their like ability to manipulate either their mind or their own appearance and then their actual physical, you know, form is a gray so i mean i don't know there's and also in the free research study there's there's like hundreds of different kinds of grays so it's not like one you know we say grays but there's like a lot there's like hundreds of different kinds and a lot of i I know that like there haven't been a lot of actually there have been some positive experiences where people have been like healed but i think the majority of the the experiences with you know gray entities or whatever for the most part negative i agree with that and uh you know there's kind of the idea that the grays are simply like avatars or like little automatons little like physical manifestations of the phenomena and you know they kind of look like us and so that was deliberate to try and get them to be able to us to relate with them or whatever but if that's the case then why are grays showing up in people's like liminal and astral experiences you know because that's not a physical interaction so well check it out since, question mark since, since yeah everybody needs help i posted in a thread in the nest the a to z of alien species active in earth's evolution so get on your research you need to know your neighbors man that's what i'm saying well i don't think that the grays are us from the future that's one that's probably some the most uh i guess of of my thoughts that's probably the strongest is that i don't think that the grays are us from the like we care too much about our appearance for us to turn into fucking grays like after our next speaker goes i'm gonna read what michael sala thinks the grays on it comes from a report on the motivations activities of extraterrestrial races so i'm gonna read the short grays and tall grays from that so go ahead whoever's next what if uh what if the Greys ate too many bugs and didn't own anything for a couple hundred years? They might, you know, turn crazy like that. But what I want to talk about was, uh, I don't know the Grey experience directly because I'm only looking at a second half of other people's my lab experiences. But what I'm uh, envisioning is that there's potentially three levels of abductions going on at the same time. You have the angelic archangel uh, genetic upgrades of their star seeds, their ambassadors on Earth. And then the greys hop in and try to steal that genetic tinkering by reabducting you and then trying to wipe the memory but it doesn't take. And then the military comes in and reabducts you again 
and they pretend to be the greys because uh, they, they don't want you knowing it's, it's the humans doing it. They want to pretend to espionage off of what the greys are doing. So it's like three different factions um, communicating with one soul. But the soul's family, that's not the one that causes trauma, but that's the one that does the healing and upgrades. And then the greys are are the surface memory and then the, there's the my lab layer that's the less secure so you you see a decrease in the technology with the memory blocks are not very good and it starts breaking apart some heavy shit man let me ask anybody in here so if you if I was to ask you for information on past, present, future, not future, I guess I can't do that, members of Majestic 12 Magi or any name it is under in the future, could you, could you post or DM me information like that, right? Like anyone that was, I'm going to post a list of known, but if you go look, I know uh, the name of the program, I was it IP, damn, I keep wanting to say IP for that, oh, but I'll link that thing that I posted, right? Regardless of what it's called, Majestic Documents can be just a, the similar thing to what uh, Tom DeLong did, fact with fiction, just trying to get people in that way. But the point is that the NSA was actually, all of this stuff was created as an outcome from this stuff. And I'll find the actual, uh, the government, well, what, what the name of the government program listed in here, but I'll also post all the Magic members that I know in the thread right now. Take over real quick, Astral. Man, I'm just trying to make this UFO Twitter week the best, dude. <laughs> like, it's crazy. But I appreciate everybody who's been reaching out and ready to host a space. And, you know, a lot of what I do, I think, is just try to facilitate people to participate. And I don't limit it to anybody. So if, like, anybody wants to host a space and anybody wants to do stuff, multiple spaces, like, go crazy that week. And, and all I really try to do is, like, promote it so that a lot more people know and kind of up the ante for the professionalism um but i'm really excited for the week and um you know if anybody has any questions or wants to reach out or feel free to share the flyer i posted it up above i'm pretty excited about it and there's a bunch of people in here that are participating too so you guys hear that professionalism no drunk hosts kimball well at least moderately buzzed so that year at least uh, are you kidding me kimball how drunk do you get, man? I mean, seriously, you're on a phone. There was just that one space, you know, made, made a little too salty. Kimmel got arrested on a space. I don't know how that happened. You got arrested. Well, don't don't be like Matt and get up here to talking about like horse piss and reindeer shit. Same, Matt. <laughs> you were drunk last night. Now you're drunk. What's going on? I love Matt. Astral, I'm really looking forward to it, man. It's not a tough. I mean, it's, it's professionalism, yeah, but it's it's setting a bar for everybody's behavior and collaboration. Really, I mean, you're, it's it's really a beacon, dude. Not, I, I don't want you downplaying that, man. You're humble as hell, but you're awesome in the community and and what you do. And I just wanted to bravo, salute, and thank you for those. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, hold on. Yeah, you guys are the disclosure. I'm not paying any attention to the government but most of the time. 
Well, see, if that's the case, man, then I beseech you to, to reach out to more experiencers because, I mean, I hear what you're saying, and but a lot of that is I've, I've heard it so many t different times in different ways and different formats and different languages from different avenues of people involved in the very wide spectrum of whatever this phenomena turns out to be, correct? But we have to think, too, we, we know about Thomas Beard and we know about psychids, we know about uh, the repressed scientific verifiable evidence of psi and higher cognitive abilities. Um, and uh, a lot of that, my son, I'm going to beat you um, in his cartoons. Hey, Ray, go ahead. I lost my spot. Thanks, B. Um, so I actually just was reading about indigo children since Shane has been talking about it for um, a while now. And um, so, Shane, I don't know if, like, you're still interested in talking about it, but um, I pulled up a checklist and I – I meet I meet full criteria uh, for an indigo to, to like to be an indigo child and like you know I remember actually when I was younger um, people like adults would would tell me I'm an old soul and I do remember the term indigo child being used like as I got a little bit older um, like maybe in my later teens um, I don't know like when that term became a thing. But it's really interesting, especially um, like being drawn more towards spirituality than religion, um, like the neurodivergence piece um, of like having ADHD or autism or anxiety. Um, and then also, you know, uh, being able to connect uh, better with with nonverbal beings like like animals um, and, and like a lot of other things, too, um, definitely stood out. So I thought that was really interesting. So thanks for uh, bringing that to my attention. still here sorry i hate it man my fingers can't when i go to hit the mic that pisses me off when i'm touching it like seven times it makes me feel like i'm a fat kid and my, my thumbs or fingers are so big and i can't push it i'm like what's going on so actually the more i read on them and there's different checklists and things like that i think it was relegated to whole the woo area right people are like oh it's that so no one talked about it but now if you take what we know about hybridization other things like that Makes you think, doesn't it? Uh, indigo children. I can't say they're special because, again, if I'm an indigo child, ain't nobody going to want to be an indigo child because ain't really nothing special besides the horror in my life. So I, I, I just think ADHD is one of the signs. Why don't you read off all the symptoms? Uh, symptoms, like it's the disease. Yeah, it is for me, apparently. The signs that you could be an indigo child, right, if you have them with you. Um. Yeah, I have the... The article right here. Um, so let me scroll back up. Um, I didn't see it. I don't know if I saw addiction on there. I saw an, that was on another checklist. But I, I want to say I think all of these, a lot of these, like, I don't know, symptoms or, or <laughs> signs, um, I think they're, they can be perceived either as really negative or really positive and I think it's really up to the individual on like kind of how we um you know rise to to the occasion and and kind of express like whatever whatever this is like one of like the first one is you're strong-willed um you're a free thinker um 
than, than like being perceptive and intelligent, highly intuitive. You want to change the world, being empathetic and compassionate, um, being idealistic and um, things like that. So I think all of those can be really awesome because, you know, you have like big goals and, and dreams and what, but, but also the, like those things that I just named in particular can be met with a lot of challenges also. And the thing with, with um, like neurodivergence, like ADHD and autism is, yeah, they do pose a whole lot of challenges and struggles and it can be really, really hard to, to just navigate the world as we know it. But um, I think ADHD um, and autism, I, I consider them to, to be um, pretty big strengths in a lot of ways. Um, like, I, I don't think I would have, I know for a fact, I wouldn't have as many ideas as I had, as I do have um, without, you know, my ADHD. Um, and so I think part of it, part of like, just, you know, mental health struggles is just learning how to um, live with it. And yeah, I mean, it's so layered, but, but I guess what I'm saying is, is the, all of these things on the checklist can definitely pose a lot of uh, challenges um, or strengths really depending on, I guess, how the individual um, relates to it and, and expresses it in one way or the other. Thank you, Ray. Hey, by the way, how the hell do I say your name, say your name, Yamar Sakar? Is that my saying it right? Yamar is fine. All right. Yamar? I want to say it that way. Yamar. All right. Go ahead, bro. Yeah, I had to come up with uh, unique uh, stuff that nobody else was using in, uh, like, uh, like online mud. And Apocalypse was already taken. Okay. And uh, what I want to talk about is, uh, like, um, have you guys tried how... Do you have any sources on how to uh, help people, whether they're Earth souls or star, or whatever, uh, adapt to this life more easily? Can you share some of the things you've done? Um, like the, I've noticed some emotional instability that might be aided by crystals or meditation work that uh, I may other people may not have talked about. That's going to be Ray, if anybody, because I sure as hell can't help you. Ray, can you help him? Yeah, so just to make sure I, I heard that right, because I always want to talk about crystals. So, so uh, Yamar, you were asking specifically about crystals for, like, mental health assistance? Um, for, a lot of, for a lot of people that are caught, are looking for a way to deal with their identity dissociation, meaning they don't feel like they fit on Earth. And I'm not... I'm not trying to label them as an Earth soul or stars soul or military soul. But it's a, uh, what do people in this community actually do about that uh, other than see a military shrink? <laughs> yeah, so, um, so it sounds like um, a person that might be struggling with maybe depersonalization or derealization or some of the, the dissociative features of not necessarily feeling connected to um, this this reality as as others may know it um i think grounding stones would be really helpful so when when just approaching healing crystals um knowing colors is really helpful so um anything that's related to um grounding 
um, that's going to be lower chakras. So that's going to be um, uh, like uh, darker stones, um, like like blacks, browns, um, reds. Um, and then you, you're also going to want to look for um, any stones that are connected like to, to that enhance um, our connectivity to, to nature. So I really like moss agate and and green adventurine um, specifically. Um, I can speak more to, to how, not exactly the mechanism of, of how they, they help, but, but more to like their healing benefits. Um, and then like grounding stones that are really excellent are black obsidian, um, hematite is, is a great stone. Um, yellow jasper is a, a really, um, calming stone. Um, that, that's more connected to the solar plexus chakra, um, but it can really assist with, with some depression without, um, without kind of, uh, having like more of a kick, like some other yellow stones would have that might trigger some anxiety. Um, but yeah, I would, I would mostly recommend, um, like some green, some darker green stones like moss agate, um, rainforest jasper, um, and then the grounding stones like hematite or black obsidian. Okay, thank you very much, Ray. Uh, would you? Is it okay if I uh, let me say this? Is it okay if I send out a a projection of peace and harmony to the people that want it in this group? I'm open to that. Okay. You guys just keep talking and call it like an inverse or remote viewing. I'm here. I'm here. I'm just posting something. I'm sorry. I had the greatest co-host. The greatest. Well, B's got her hand up. Go, B. <laughs> now y'all done sidetracked. I was like, well, if we get half of each of you, does that make a whole? <laughs> y'all are sidetracked and, and doing it and then running a great conversation. So yeah, thank you guys. Um, I, I, I don't know, but you know how I, I feel about the star kids and, and stuff like that. I mean, they've known about this quantum observer belief effect since fucking Bearden, right? Uh, and all of that, those signs uh, point to that, that they did. Um, to me, if they're finding people... And, and then all these different clues tie in, too, because we've got mankind's hitting us. Uh, we've got Raiden and Nolan talking about the genetic differences and the neurological. Uh, the meat in your brain is different uh, in, in, in people that are able to experience this phenomena, right? And it feels to me like they would have done on that. And if there are sarcasm, they're being utilized pretty much like ink in some dude's 3D printer, pretty much, you know, it's, 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 it's working uh, with this non-human intelligent field, is what I think it is, but that's just me. I think if there were such a thing as aliens, if aliens were the secret, then Dodie wouldn't have come up and said that it was aliens to convert over some secret tech, or well, okay, well, aliens were such a big secret, I don't think that would have flied very, very well. <laughs> um, but I just, sorry, my dog. That's cute, actually. I was hoping it was your dog. Dude, right? Yeah, dude, that's that's chief. That's my ten and a half year old shepherd. Dude, he's, he's amazing. So I got go. sorry. <laughs> 
Right on. So, well, everybody, do me a favor. Retweet the space. We'll keep it going. We'll talk about anything. I'm just kind of going through different things that I have stored up from research. Just kind of ask questions to see if people have ever heard of it. And if you have, if you found documents or anything, or other links, throw them in the thread, right? It's one of the ways we can kind of get to the bottom of it. We just kind of talk about all these different things. So, have you ever guys ever heard anything about a space for space force base being built on an island west of Africa? No, is that a no, or I'm not supposed to say that, Ray? I, I, That's a no. And oh, okay, thank I, yeah, God. I was no, like, wait, no. fuck up. I don't know if I was supposed to say it, but what? So, no shit, right? I'm looking for it. It's there. It's somewhere. A space Force base being built on a volcanic island west of Africa. So I go on Google Earth. This is where I get a lot. Of, I, you know, if I if I ever get a tip or anything like that, then I'll go and I'll, you know, search for these things. I don't have to be the only run, right? So you guys are all welcome to do those things. And then I've also heard before, if you go look at Marshall Island, does anything ever stand out? The fact that there's multiple craters, but only one has a sarcophagus. Does that make sense? Ask yourself why. Side by side, there's two sarcophagi. I mean, there's there's two craters. Only one of those craters actually has sarcophagi with supposedly leaking um, materials. And if you go across um, Marshall Islands, you'll start seeing that a lot of it's scrubbed out for some reason. Some of it is. Why? Yeah, I have no clue. It's Starts making me wonder, especially when I get tips about things, stuff like that. It's like, well, well, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Same thing with, uh, if you go look at the Michael Herrera, when he talks about the, the UFO crash him and his Marine unit stumbled upon, you can go out there, and I, I've got a tweet I'll post up in here in the thread, right? And you can scroll across it on the Google Earth, and you'll find what literally looks like a port that a craft would come out of in the ground on the islands. And I know... I piece that with the fact that I I had heard from a source about, you know, that's those places. Indonesia is a place. So I, what do you guys think about that? Crash retrievals versus engineered tech? The fact that perhaps, and we're not going to mention MH370 tonight. Just not tonight, because I know what's up with that. I'm just saying that tech that's in those films, that's where we're at. And it's NGOs that have that shit, not our government. What do people... What do you think of that? Yamar? The government's just a puppet. Why would they have the good stuff? Damn, that's the truth. Why would they have the good stuff? I mean, BlackRock's literally the fourth branch of the government. They own all the aerospace defense companies who individually have been getting reverse-engineered tech and then on the side, siphoning their own shit off of it, right? So, yeah. It's, it's like hit. It's like a hidden hand of a hidden uh, finger behind a hidden arm, kind of, you know, Wizard of Oz uh, gimmick. They have a, uh, they have a, a front co corporation, but behind that is another shell corporation. Behind that is like a bloodline, uh, the Red Shield, Rock Shields. Behind that, there's another family that we don't know the name of, and on and on it goes. And this is where we get into the Bilderbergs and shit. What does people think about organizations that have been said to exist over time and that have? Now, let, let me ask you this. Everything we know now, given the paper, I know that I think Project Unity posted about the 
oh, sacerdotal knights of national security, right? And how they, this has always been taken. Uh, well, they've always come at this with a almost like a a cultish or a um, esoteric type approach because you can't come all science because it isn't that, especially if it's what we usually talk about with RV consciousness and things like that. So it makes you step and think back, well, about these different organizations that exist that in the past, what was it they actually were for? And the only reason I kind of talk about this shit is it makes me laugh. You remember the pyramid astral that I posted, the location of the pyramid in Alaska? Yeah. Right after I posted that shit on my LinkedIn, I got one of my searchers, because it could show you, is the Knights Templar. Like, literally, right after I posted it, I'm like, oh, shit. The Knights Templar has a LinkedIn? Is that the psychic pyramid and shit like that? That's a long That's the, py- the pyramid in Alaska that uh, Earth Files, uh, Linda Moulton Howe, actually, she talked about. But I put the location with some photos and stuff like that. And supposedly, the, the pyramid's a black pyramid. Not supposedly, I'll say this. Well, I guess I should say supposedly, but I do trust. So, Black Pyramid that's pulsing enough energy to actually run the entire state of Alaska and probably most of Canada off of what's going through it. And they don't know where it's pulling it from. And then, but I did find some stuff that talks about, supposedly, this Black Pyramid that I posted. And I will post it in the thread or whatever so people can look at it. That actually... It was designed as a device that can separate things, minerals, at an atomic level. That being said, so if I was to aim it at some ore, it'd pull things apart so I wouldn't have to dig, do any work, it would or crush or any of that. And it, gold, all the minerals that I wanted would be there at the atomic level. What does that make you think, Astral? Makes me think I want some kind of thing that you point at somebody and you shoot them outside their body like they basically uh separate from their body <laughs> you know i feel like bigelow or not bigelow but uh robert monroe that's kind of what he was getting at is like some way you know through technology that you could like induce an out-of-body experience Ooh, actually i read that they use on the children stark or they would spin them incredibly fast on their backs on tables to induce. Oh shit! No way! And then the the white wheel was above them. The spinning, the like. Yeah, uh, that's one of the things they dude, do. Dude, get out of here! I heard that on another video. I'm not. And that's how people you, would astral project. That's fucking crazy. And that's one of the reasons. That's one of the ways they initially did it before the. I think the the Monroe Institute and all that other stuff, you know, trauma. But it would be like on, that. like, certain intervals, right? Like, they would yeah, go dude. around in a circle. In, like, and they'd do it to kids to induce the out-of-body experience with them. Synchronicity, because kids uh, learn the fastest. Yeah, and matter of fact, hell, uh, the Russian experiments with the Kozarev mirrors, kids always took away better, especially, you know, star kids and stuff. The stuff here, they learn faster. So... One of the things that they notice, and that's why Scott Andrews, right? So one of the things they talk about is he's being hounded by the government, you know, all this other stuff. Well, maybe it's because when you get this contact or they induce these things, this psychic ability, it doesn't go away. They can brainwash you, which uh, Lear talks about, and so does, uh, what's his name from Area 51? They say that he actually says he lost two days towards the end of his job because they that's just what they do. They have the ability to take things out of your head. So 
Yeah, Astro, they did that shit to kids back in the day to induce out-of-body psychic experiences. A la... it's, also, it's also because the ETs were the really advanced technology. They don't talk to the government or the military because a lot of the military is fear-based. So they have to talk to the ETs that will talk to them, like the Draconians or whatever. The people that like like to talk about weapons will talk to the military. And uh, you can kind of guess like what kind of civilization that is that's going to sell weapons to primitive civilizations in return for your DNA. So, so what I'm getting from what you just said is Scott Andrews, the USAF, and the NASA kids are the ones that talk to the Draconians. And the talk, Dan Sherman talked to the Tall Grays. Is that what, what I get here? I don't know who they're talking about. I'm just saying that in oh, general, that's, that's freak, your, yeah, your, your consciousness determines who you can contact. So the government is always freaking out because they can't contact the really powerful ETs, but there's a reason for that. They don't want to talk to these guys. They don't want to talk to Zidane or Trump. Ministers. Where did Angela go, damn it? But anyway, let me ask you this. The only reason I brought that up, and I don't know if that's for sure, because there is a difference. Dan Sherman, Project Preserve Destiny, and you can go look at uh, Schellenberger's uh, article when it, with whistleblowers, multiple, talking about treaties and contact. Dan Sherman, Project Preserve Destiny. Um, there's a couple different ways you can kind of vet it itself, right? I know Rich from UFO Twitter, who has a great Medium article about it, actually. He alerted me to it later on, where he kind of vetted Dan was where he said he was at. And then I took his PCS orders, and, you know, he was in Italy. And on top of that, some shady shit like the DSA is paying for these programs. That's how they funnel money in there. Now, Dan Sherman, Project Preserve Destiny, he was told when he first went in that basically we're hybrids. Some of them are being tinkered with a little more. He's one of those. And these intuits can talk to the greys or they see who's being abducted and who's being tinkered with. But there's also Scott Andrews. NASA and USAF have the star kids. Those individuals also communicate. And I'm trying to figure out What's the difference? Why is there a difference, right? NSA, USAF, and NASA. So I think it may be racist species, maybe one's communicating for an, a different reason than the other. I, I'm not 100% sure. Someone asked me that question, it's stuck in my head. What is the difference between Project Preserve Destiny and the other one? So one of the things that if you go and read the Scott Andrews book announcement, it talks about the communication and stuff like that. And I posted videos about abductees two different ones that i've talked to i think particular because they sound almost identical to what scott goes through well i shouldn't have said that God damn it. so let me put it this way they're given stuff through these jobs right and they go away with them they don't even know they have them and it's only when they're the targeted individuals that i talk about all the time they're being targeted and all these that they're kind of figuring all this out and a lot of these star kids around 400 of them Growing up, they go through their life and they're one thing after another job. I mean, they're in the top, the echelon, upper echelon of all these things with just like it was destiny. So I've talked to a couple individuals and a lot of those individuals have jobs that I would classify as that. And a lot of the individuals talk about gifts, right? Walking away with something. And imagine if our government knew that the only thing stopping, I guess, us from realizing the government's full of shit and we don't need them is some of these individuals talking with their, about their gifts, such as, let's say, maybe it's an energy device or it's something along the lines that can change civilization, right? That's kind of what's going on here. When you leave the star kids, the star kids don't leave you. 
Yeah, uh, oh man, you should read the law of one. They were talking about how the raw contact, so basically it's humans uh, trying to contact ETs directly and ask about their philosophy. So the raw contact, uh, the ET contact through the channeling process said that we will not infringe upon your free will by telling you about free energy. Also, what they really meant was they don't want to tell you because then the government will kill you, which will infringe on your free will to be alive. Is that kind of, law of one, is that a little bit like the prime directive, like that we can't get help till 10% of our conscious asses say help? There's a lot of uh, consciousness information on it, uh, both light side and dark side. It's kind of like the manual to uh, how Star Wars, the Force works, how density of consciousness goes, civilizations that are negative versus positive polarity, uh, like all the little rules behind it all. Look, let me tell you this. When I was researching, like, Star Kids and stuff, too, actually, I, you know, I kind of went over, I found out Walter Breen, and I, I kind of went to look him up. Well, let me put it this way. Walter Breen's an individual. Chat GPT was refusing to spit out because of some of the shit he's done. No shit. Yeah, it's like, wait, what's going on here? So I had to go look him up other, other ways. Um, some of the stuff, I just can't even believe, reading the article about the the elf waves for peace, reading the article about what they did to induce psychic abilities, out-of-body experiences, astral, we just talked about, all of these things were done to children that supposedly had this extra. This is Star Kids, man. Hell, that tweet I posted about Jack Safardi, and he's intertwined in Stargate this. What are you thinking, man? What do you think he well, is? What are the, what are the, uh, the video that I was talking about, which I saw with the the spinning table and the hypnotizing black and white thing that spins above them was on this project called project looking glass. I don't know. Like, have you heard of that? Like, what do you know about that? Refresh me, man. I know the name actually. Well, it was just on time travel, basically like our, it was like a project, I guess on time travel and how, yeah, we were testing on time travel. Eventually that turns into project Pegasus. Yeah, bro. I do know. So, Star Kids, Scott Andrews, all this stuff I've been yapping about time travel. Bro, that was a good way to set me up with a T ball home run, but I'll still, still probably fucking foul out here. But anyway, point being is all these programs, that project looking glass, the names may be wrong, different, but the point is, we were, Puherik was attempting to use elf uh, spinning tables, whatever techniques he could to induce psychic abilities. And once we realized that some of those psychic abilities, some of those abilities with help of things like the mirrors or Montauk chair can do time travel, things like that. I, yeah, I think Project Looking Glass is probably a stepping stone to where I'm talking about. So I, yes, I have heard across. Matter of fact, I could probably find it right now in my research because I know for a fact I've heard it. I just couldn't remember. And I think before we get around, Ray, go ahead, because I know when I said looking glass, you you had not. Yeah, so I'm just thinking about you know the the kids the kids spinning on the table, um, but but more importantly, like the thing above the black and white spiral that spins, and then I think um, how that's like um, sh you know demonstrated in, in um, like 
pop culture, um, like in cartoons and like putting people into a trance um, or hypnotic state. Um, And and it just makes me wonder, like, I I wonder if that's like a different form of bilateral stimulation or like hemispheric integration. And, And that's what induces the altered state of consciousness. Um, I don't know. It was just a thought and just, yeah, I wonder how it's just how that works. If it's like similar to, to binaural beats, um, and just kind of operates in a different way. I don't know. All right. And you know what? I have zero idea. That's what you're here for. Right. And who's next? And then I'm going to spit out. Andrew. Thank you, Jamie. I appreciate that. Hey, great space, great discussion. Um, by way of association, as you're talking about this stuff, especially, I don't know about spinning, but you're just reminding me of uh, movies that treat this. And um, I don't think of any others right off. There's a bunch of them, I know. But Minority Minority Report is what came to mind, where you know these psychics are able to supposedly foresee the future and all that. But the reason I jumped up, and then um, I'll see if I can stay up and put it in the nest if I find it, um, or link it in the thread, I can do that. Um, I need to get some dinner here, but I was thinking of um, a great um, resource, Susie Hansen out of, um, uh, I don't know, Mistress, if you know about her, but she's out of New Zealand, and I think it's spelled H-A-N-S-E-N. It could be O, but I believe it's S-E-N. Susie Hansen is somebody who talks about, I think her most of her experience is with the, um, the gray beings, and um, she's talked about seeing a seated mantid aboard one of the craft and how even after a lot of abduction experiences, it basically terrified her, even though she knew she was safe. It was like one of those, I don't know, root level chakra reactions or something. But the reason I like Susie Hansen's descriptions, I've heard a number of her lectures uh, through YouTube, and I'll link one of them. I, I don't have them all listed, but um, uh, if you go listen to these, she talks about three different waves and before you leave the con- uh, the subject of the, I guess, the indigo or star children, I don't understand that stuff. But um, I'm, I'm glad to be here learning and hearing about it because Susie talks about, I think, there are three basic waves. She talks about how they're overlapping. Um, I don't know if they're strictly linear. And then she gets she breaks them down. She goes into each one and says, well, there's like a group here with this wave and a group with, with that wave. And she, I think she identifies with maybe even the first wave or something, but she talks about, I mean, she's getting into the plans. Like here's what, what at least some of the groups are doing. And again, it may be kind of biased or it may be from that perspective of the gray beings, but I just think it's good to hear because you, you may have to listen to an hour, but you start to get this overview. Um, and then you can just kind of piece it together, you know, um, pieces of the puzzle to see what some of the, uh, I, I, I believe her. I don't think she's, she's misrepresenting anything and she's not uh she's not a grifter she's somebody that i've been interested in for many years so if you've never heard of Susie hansen i'll just leave a link up there and i'd love to hear what others have to say and and i'm very interested in the looking glass because that of all thing and i think you talked to is it called the kasparov mirrors that's just fascinating to me anything that doesn't require you to stick wires in your brain or smoke anything that's something i might be interested in you know and technology starts to, you know, you question where we're headed with this Neuralink stuff. But I know that's a mouthful, but uh, the reason I really wanted to get up here was just to mention Susie Hansen. She's a great resource. Thanks. Thanks, Andrew. I'm glad you're here, man. Actually, I just posted it in the nest. Too bad Mike's not here. I don't know what you guys know about jump rooms and the CIA's jump room program, the Mars, and how Obama was jumping. You can guys check it out. I actually posted it in the nest, right? So it's one of the things that, what's his name? Andrew uh, Basiago, he talks about 
Project Pegasus, Project Looking Glass. All of these things are kind of the same thing. I know it sounds funny as hell, but guess who else talks about the jump room at LAX? Timothy Taylor. And, you know, Mike actually had to delete a tweet because he talked about Obama in the jump room. But that's why I joke about it. That's a thing. Andrew Basiago talks about it over and over. And a matter of fact, these programs I've actually been tipped off on, like Project Pegasus, that's the stuff that got me to the MH370, right? So, yeah, I went ahead and posted it in this. I'll put it in the, uh, what is it, the Jumbotron? Awesome, thank you. Um, I, I just wanted to say you guys were mentioning about this, uh, like, experimentation on, on some children and, and this kind of like a pushing the consciousness out of, out of the body. Uh, I've experienced that as a child. I was walking out of school and, um, you know, we were just walking out the door and uh, out to the playground. And it was like my conscious awareness and my perspective, my perception from where I'm seeing uh was like a balloon that as soon as I opened the door, it just like sucked it up out and, and up and behind where I was, was walking with my body. <laughs> like, um, I don't know how many feet, maybe a hundred or so. I don't know. Um, up in the air and behind. Um, and so, and I couldn't hear what we were talking about or anything. So it was like my actual, you know, my senses of, <laughs> So when you guys said that, it reminded me of that big time. Um, but uh, interesting, though. So thank you for that. And if you get a chance to look at the thing I just posted, and as silly as it sounds about Obama being a jumper, and Andrew, Andrew Basiago, some of the stuff he talks about in the video, actually, first, why NASA and how they pick them? What did I just ask you guys, right? Um, what's the other thing I just noticed as well? So the other thing was, Oh, and he, the origins of Project Mars of the 80s and Project Pegasus of the 70s. Project Pegasus. Scott Andrews. I posted a looking glass in the, in the commentary for Astro. Nice. Thanks, Mar. But yeah. It's an old, it's an old interview with, uh, from 2006 to 2008 with Terry Woods. So. He mentions Project Pegasus and how NASA chooses them. Kind of answers some of my questions. So, Scott Andrews was a jumper, I think, as well. What's up, Bruce? Hi, right, Shane. Um, I just got to pitch in there. So, if you watched Packing for Mars, the documentary, if anyone has watched that, because that crosses over a lot of the different topics you've touched on. Have you seen that? No. Now I'm going to have to. What's it called? Yeah, Packing for Mars. And um, it, it tackles the jump rooms, tackles the Mars, um, you know, another breakaway kind of civilization, Mars bases, the idea that scientists and members of the public have been disappearing, like numbers of people that have vanished, a lot of them have been taken away on the alternative free um, kind of uh, theory. So alternative free was an older book, which overlaps this idea that a whole load of people have been um, signed up into this program. You know, so loads of these scientists that have vanished over the years that they have been taken into this program. And that, <clears throat> sorry, so a lot of them have involved this Mars program. Hang on. Man, my throat just gone terrible. I have to come back on it. Fine, Bruce. Uh, well, wait, trust me, because I'm super interested, and I'm actually just going to order the book right now, actually. So, yeah, take a breath. 
Actually, today I went into a coughing fit and I couldn't stop. My grandpa probably thought I had COVID or some shit. He's like, get the hell out. <laughs> I just could not stop. But then again, I guess that's marijuana. Yeah, it was weird, man. As soon as I started talking about The other thing was it also goes into is the, like the looking glass and stuff and the, the time scanning technologies, time scrying and stuff. So that's in there as well. So I really think you, you'll enjoy that because they talk about that, you know, that idea that um, so they even remote, was it that they remote viewed kind of the, the crucifixion and stuff like that using these technologies and that the Vatican was involved and, you know, yeah, this kind of time scrying. It's all, all in there. It's a really good film. I really, really recommend it. Obviously there's stuff in there that, you know, maybe it's focus on, but they've they got some really good stuff in there. So have a look at it. The other thing I was going to quickly say as well on the other topic, the um, Indian kids, it's obviously got the end. You know, I used to be quite involved with that back in like the late nineties, early two thousands and stuff. So when it started to, it started to obviously morph into all sorts of like crystal kids and rainbow kids, and you know, it started to get a bit too wacky. You know, obviously people were cashing in. Let's be honest. Um, but at the same time, it's it's an interesting topic. It overlaps with also with. I know someone touched on there the waves of volunteers. You know, the idea of the free waves of volunteers that those you know beings coming here that have gifts. And um, I also feel that it strongly links with the the uh, rainbow uh, prophecies, the prophecy of the rainbow children, um, which is again this idea that this time when um, ancestors and spirit workers from the past will incarnate to deal with this crazy kind of collapsing of the ecosystem and uh, the just destruction of our planet. So when you put those together, they're very kind of overlapping. The idea of the indigo children or the waves of volunteers or the or the rainbow warriors, you know, all, all of these things kind of overlap. So I definitely, I feel this so to it. I do feel very aligned with the rainbow warriors prophecy, particularly, you know, in the past, you have people would say, oh, you've got indigo aura, you're an indigo kid and all this stuff. Uh, my wife is as well. So, you know, yeah, I feel quite linked to that. And other waves of volunteers, information to Laws Cannon stuff definitely resonates, you know. Um, her information. To be honest, I had an experience, shamanic experience where I, I remembered the call. I remembered the beings all being called. So I have a, a lot of overlap with that as well. So yeah, thanks, man. Damn, Bruce. Thanks for that, dude. I really appreciate it. Actually, I just ordered the damn book too. Thank you very much. Astral, can you take over for me if you're still alive? You're probably just dead unconscious. And I mean it, Bruce. I appreciate that shit. I'm super interested in that book now too. Astral's dead. Astral, you alive, man? Sorry, I meant to hit the... What's up, Shane? Sad one. I'm here. <laughs> oh, Can you take you. over for me? Or I got to go in my diaper or what? Nice. All right, Gramps. <laughs> Jamie, what's up? Uh, I don't remember what I was going to say, so... I, I, don't, I don't even think I had my hand up, so um, I was just uh, filling in while you were not... While you are still muted, so, yeah. I was going to say something I can't remember. Well, I mean, the, the, the whole child thing is really interesting, you know, just with the psychic children and stuff like that. And even with the little bit of psychic research that's been there. And I think it's like an, it's, it's like an ethical thing. Like, I don't, I don't really think you're able to test children without a lot of the consent from parents. So even with that type of testing, you'd have to ask the parents and a lot of the parents have that stigma in place where they're like, eh, this sounds kind of weird. So to even get some of the testing done to compare psychic phenomenon between adults and children is difficult because of just being able to collect enough data and, and, and ethically being able to, to do the research is tough enough. 
Um, so there's a, there's kind of like a challenge there. Yeah, that's a great point, Astral. Very, very true. Well, shit, dude. I literally just saw Andrew in the video. He says Richard Nixon's one of the jumpers, and he's in the bottom. He's in the space right now. Well, his ghost is at least. Somebody should ask that dude. One of the jumpers for what? Uh, with Obama, Andrew Baziago Baziago says. Richard Nixon is also one of those jumpers, apparently. And Richard Nixon's ghost is in here right now. So somebody should ask his ass. God, send, I can't even believe that's explained that. Send asshole. him a speaker invite, maybe. <laughs> I, I don't really think it's really his ghost, though. Just so you know, Jamie, that was a joke. Maybe a bad one. Astro couldn't follow, so maybe it was a really Well, bad one. no, no, no. It was actually, maybe we, there's some medium people we know somewhere in here. Somebody get somebody in here. <laughs> oh, those are mostly CIA. 70% are CIA at this point. You can find a lot of those rooms probably in uh, Antarctica. That place is sealed off really oh, tight. Oh my even god! From, <laughs> even from remote viewers, I've have I've had out of body astral people that try to look in on it, and they say a military guy kicked them out of the astral and try to follow them back home. <laughs> okay. Oh, I wonder why. Here, let me tell you. So when we went to Antarctica, there's a reason there was this rush to get there right and all these treaties like no more exploring no more of this dude megaliths exist all over the place not just there north pole alaska we know this right well project pegasus these these things that i talk about mcmurdo station i think mcmurdo's huge in this i don't think i know it, it is isn't there so, an island there called deception <laughs> well yeah, actually and it's I'm gonna say I mean my map south or to the it's on the west right on the west of the the island or, or on Antarctica the west yeah of just look at the just look at the weird names on these things like uh, Rothschild or some weird name they put on these uh, towns. Well, I will say that Antarctica is straight up a part of the puzzle. So there's actually a photo. I think it's on my Twitter. Someone else posted it. And it's it's a famous face, right? It looks like a straight-up alien face. It's just some kind of a rock structure, right? And, but, Spartan 1 and 2. Where's that at? Linda Moldenhow has two different whistleblowers, and they talk about, in Antarctica, there's an underground megalith um, structure. Almost, I think it's hexagonal. And on it, She's in it, I should say. There's all kinds of writing, and that writing being almost not quite, it's not Sumerian, but resembles Sumerian symbols. So Spartan 1 and 2 are both talking about this. One of those symbols is actually, Linda Moulton Hall actually jokes about it being a alien flag. I actually put a 3D representation of said symbol on my Twitter somewhere, hoping somebody will figure that out, because I sure as fuck can't figure it out. It's actually a pulsar map. It wasn't a flag. It's a pulsar map that was found down there, right? And I posted it hoping somebody could figure that shit out. It's a 3D Christmas ornament, it looks like, right? But it's exactly what was on the wall. And it was a pulsar map, not a flag. So it was on this megalith. It was showing something, like maybe where they're at, where they're coming from. So you can find it on my Twitter, still waiting for somebody to do it. I don't know, have the slightest idea where to begin on some shit like that, right? But it's a pulsar map. I gave a 3D representation. So figure that out, whoever the hell can figure that out, and we'll know one more piece of this puzzle. And I got that from 
somewhere. Just know that, right? So glad you brought that up. Antarctica's got a lot of shit going on. Jumping, aliens, maybe, shit. wonder what that map's important to. If we could figure out what that map's point to, I think we could help us? Astro, where's the map pointing? My ace. Boots void. Boots void. That's where. Uh... <laughs> that, was, that was too easy. Go ahead, Carolyn. Go ahead, Carolyn. Hey guys. Hey, uh, old vet Shane. Uh, can you can you repost that that flag down in the comments down here? I will. Let me find it real quick. All right. Thank you. You did a lot of work on this, uh, uh, reading all this stuff, which is pretty good. It allows other people to follow the breadcrumbs. I can't do that for uh, the community because I just get a lot of downloads and analyze it internally using my uh, skills and abilities, which probably don't make any sense. Man, bro. Yamar, I appreciate the compliment, dog. I, I picked it up, and I'm going to take it. Thank you very much, man. Let me post that shit in here. Because if I'm you keep giving compliments, I'm not going to be able to post the shit. I'm just going to sit in here and listen. Keep going, bro. Keep going. I'm just remote viewing like, your strengths and weaknesses like an intel analyst way. Uh, give me your strength. Wait, you said my weakness is reading the intel? Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm gone to your weaknesses yet, man. Oh, shit. Then we're all screwed. Everything I told you is off, guys. Go back one step or forward one, and you might have it. Hold on. I got to find this shit. Hey, Astro, take over. I think uh, Puharik is somebody who I need to research more. I've heard his name a lot. I've read a couple of things on him, but he's someone who I've been meeting to uh, read up upon. Was he the same uh, channel that did the Council of Nine the channeling session? Yes. Yes, he was. Keep going, Astro. Okay. I'm posting it. You can read the uh, only planet of choice, uh, one of the scribes documented the channeling. Uh, so you may be able to get more information on that. Because I I looked into the Star Trek channeling with Gene Robin. Grimberry and I know he was there. He he actually the questions he asked is in the channeling session. I think in that book, which is available on free archives, dark text. He's in the consciousness lore though. Like a lot of people refer to his work when talking about like consciousness and uh, you know, the study of consciousness and stuff like that. So I've definitely been meaning to. Just to see, um, you know, when and, and even a good question is like when the study of consciousness actually started, you know, you could go back to like philosophers or stuff like that. But I think like tangible evidence of consciousness, like that's the one thing that I think people are are looking for of like what what are we looking for actually when we're looking at consciousness? Like, is it are we are we looking at an entire dimension uh, like an under pinning of consciousness that connects us all or is it like an individual consciousness that everybody has that's separated from the physical body um 
I recommend you uh, uh, read a digest of the Law of One books, uh, which is uh, the same thing Tom uh, recommended. The Law of One books uh, covers the consciousness in By the way, hey, Karen, it's in the read. nest and it's in the uh, thread. The uh, You're breaking up, Yamar. Oh, sorry. You don't need to read the entire book, Astro. You can look it on YouTube for digest from Aaron. Yeah, I'll check it out. Thanks, man. Hey, has anybody ever heard anything about a uh, takeover by interdimensional negative entities? I'm curious because I just want to know when that is. I got to get stocked up. Hey, what? Line, that shit's in the nest, by the way, and the thread, uh, that map. But again, if anybody knows about that interdimensional takeover by negative beings, let me know. No, nah, we got Astro Warriors, bro. We straight. Yeah, Star Kids Unite. <laughs> uh, Ray, go ahead. Since Astro, I don't know what, what he's doing, man. He just I got to leave in a minute anyway, actually, dude. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Sorry. I offended you, did I? I offended you. All right, man. No, thanks for, I do appreciate you hosting, brother. Go ahead, Ray. Yeah, I, I'm actually going to head out, but I wanted to just uh, respond to what Astral um, and Umar were saying about consciousness. Um, so I've, um, you know, recently been reading about uh, CRV and how I'm understanding consciousness, like, um, like kind of how, how uh, the CRV manual theorizes it um, is like in terms like it makes sense to me that it's kind of like almost a matrix and um, we, we kind of just tune in and um, I'm not putting it very well right now. Cause I'm, I'm rushed cause I'm about to head out, but um, yeah, it's almost like, um, you know, our, our own consciousness is an antenna that can tune into like the collective consciousness or the Akashic records or, you know, however you kind of want to, um, think of it as I, I I don't know it's 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 super um there's just so much um to to consider um and think about <laughs> just in terms of consciousness and it's like such a rabbit hole and there's so many rabbit holes just in and of consciousness itself so um th on that note I just wanted to mention that um I scheduled a space for tomorrow I'm gonna be hosting uh direct perception and unknown rv we're going to have a discussion about controlled remote viewing, and they're both um, really, really um, awesome remote viewers and, and well-informed on the topic. So I'm really looking forward to, to having that space. Um, I think it's scheduled tomorrow around 6 or 6.30, so um, I shared it in the comments if you guys want to um, stop by. All right. Thank you for the space. Um, as always, awesome time. Thank you, Ray. And so you put it in the thread, right? Yeah, I threw it in the thread All right, um, right on. A, a while ago. So it's it's someplace in there. Um, and why don't you save before you leave speaker, go ahead and put it in the nest too so people can find it that are in here right now if they want. All right, you got it. Thanks. All right. And Carolyn, go ahead. Oh, so I was, I was trying to scroll through to see that, uh, that flag or that map that you posted in the uh, comments. It's also up in the nest as well, so you can go up to that. And I'm posting real quick. Let me see if I can click out of it, actually, and posted some different, uh, some more on the sentient UAP AI tracking satellite that I think is also 
one of the videos you're watching with the MH370. So I found some actual on, was it Black Vault? And yeah, blackvault.com. There's a couple different papers. And they actually talk about before, you know, I kind of put this paper out, the white paper on sentient that it, it attracted a possible Tic Tac and things. So I'm putting all three of those in here, including the white paper for the sentient program. So I'll, give me one second, guys. And if you want to talk about anything, come on up here and you're welcome to talk about anything. All right, I'll go for it. Um, so uh, I, uh, I've always been into uh, phenomenon and everything like that. And uh, there's, I, I think there's like a really negative cloud around uh, who it is that's flying around us and coming to visit us and everything like that. And, but the fact is like, like through my visitations, experiences, everything, like I, I don't have any fear. It, I was, I was frightened the first time. Um, after that first time, it was more of just like trying to gain knowledge, trying to gain understanding, everything like that. And um, uh, being a good friend of mine, um, he, he's also in all this weird shit. And um, we're we're tr we're trying to trying to get every bit of equipment we can to film stuff show everybody what's happening and um it, it's going to take time and money but we've, we've spent the past month now pretty much scrounging up our pennies and you know getting the stuff that we need and hopefully uh, him and i will be able to uh, you know like you know contribute to uh this uh personal disclosure um you know not a governmental disclosure but the more we know the, the the better we are off and I, I i don't i don't feel like there's a threat that's coming from out there i think if there's any threat it's already here and we can kind of see that with what's going on in the world and the the people that are around us and you know uh, i'm sure a lot of you on here that are very curious very intelligent you, you all have ancient bloodlines and something's telling you at this point in your life we have all this technology it's like we really need to get answers but we need to get them in a collective, like we were talking about consciousness. Uh, consciousness is an individual thing. It, it starts in one individual, but then you can have a collective in between individuals. And the thing is, you don't hold back. You share every knowledge that you have, like everything you learn, it, you know, you spread it and you disseminate and you say, okay, well, uh, let's go through this by a process of elimination and um, deductive reasoning. And, you know, and, and it, that's, that's, that's the whole collective consciousness behind uh, the movement for us to understand exactly what's going on. But it takes, like, a really good, strong group of people. So, like, if anybody is out there researching, I would say go for the core four dynamic that means that you have four people with it, with like yourself and four people and go for the core four. And those are the people that are going to be really, really interested. Those are the people they're going to, once you all come to an agreement, uh, you, you pretty much all four of you gung ho back behind it and you go, okay, this is what we found out. This is, this is what we've done. And I think if smaller groups like that, were to happen in this community like that i mean the collective the consciousness everything like that just questioning everything and saying no a lot i i think that would help all of us out and i 
I think everybody should be doing that. Just like, you know, it's not like it's a fucking militia against, you know, space aliens or something like that. But, you know, it's just like these, these groups that can get up with each other and share their knowledge. And, you know, we create a higher consciousness as long as we're willing to understand it and learn from something. That's good. And I, I just posted, just so you guys know, hey, what's up screen, by the way, in the thread, the nest as well. Just, um, I guess it was from Black Bolt, he FOI'd about sentient. So he had a couple of things about sentient, supposedly detecting a tic-tac. And I went ahead and posted the white paper for sentient. If you don't know what sentient is, it's our AI UAP tracking program. And again, that's probably one of the videos that we're seeing on the MH370. So what's up screen? What are you doing? What up, dude? Oh, man, I was just, uh. Wondering why why we're still talking about that video that's fake as fuck. We're not. We're just mentioning that it's not. But no, we can talk about anything in these rooms, brother. What what do you, what do you got going on? I, I have kind of weighed out of it a little bit. I'm standing where I'm at. I don't need to go any further. I'm talking about the finances, the company that has tech and whatever. I don't know. I think the video is real, but that, that doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is Blackrock, Blackwater. They're the ones behind it for the reason I said. And the video could be fake. The rest is for real. Oh, I'm totally down with that. You know, I'm into all the weird stuff, and I can even make a good argument for a lot of it, you know? But uh, just that video, man, it gets me. Yeah, I, I can see that, too. Someone, I heard someone say that it was, uh, again, just kind of propaganda in a way, right? Maybe Chinese propaganda, which I don't understand that because everything for me points to China, BlackRock, Blackwater working together to do this shit. No, I, I, I can see all of that. Actually, what I want to know, screen, someone in here earlier mentioned, oh, it's Matt, and he is before he mentioned the deer piss. But before he mentioned the deer piss, he talked about Rendlesham. What do you think Rendlesham was? Um, I'm a little biased because uh, I talked to Burroughs. I know. That's why yeah. I asked you. That's he why told me uh, consciousness is the new weapon, right? Um, and it makes sense. Uh, you know, once you get to a point uh, tactically where you have nukes and stuff, uh, people are greedy. That's why they go to war in the first place. They don't want to nuke anything because then they can't have what's left. That's why they wanted it in the first place. Um, so then your options are conscious warfare or time warfare, which may be one and the same. Um, you know, and then you get into the uh, manip manipulating the EM spectrum to do that kind of stuff. And that's where things get weird or, you know, quantum. Um, I'm all in on that. Uh, you know, look into the God helmet, uh, Cosmorev mirrors, uh, you know, all that stuff is using, um, you know, manipulating the EM spectrum to, uh, you know, the mirrors are such a low, uh, low frequency that it's basically just uh, like manipulating your thoughts. You know, that's all it has enough power to do. Uh, but, you know, like once you can put enough power to like behind electromagnets or, you know, using tokamaks and things like that, uh, you know, things are get reality bending that's why i asked you bro i know where your flavor comes from and it's funny because i have my own flavor right because the people you talk to and you get information from right you're gonna get that bias like you just said and it's funny because i've talked to enough people that have these different biases that you can almost tell where they come from you could probably tell where mine comes from at times right i try to pull biases from all over the place but it's funny because i knew that's why i asked you bro that's why 100% I asked you. So thanks for sharing. The other thing, what do you think about um, Penniston's stuff? See, that's, man, 
I hate how uh, people pick sides. Oh, I believe Burroughs. I believe Penniston. Because once you get into that stuff and you realize that it manipulates your perception, they all three of them could be telling the truth and still have experienced different things compared to each other. So, like, they can all be true at the same time. That's what people fail to realize. Yes, and I had an agenda when I asked you that, and I shouldn't have been doing that. So I'll tell you that what I know is he gives coordinates. The way he gives said coordinates is... On this earth, there's actually three different or maybe more than three different systems for GPS coordinates. He gives a very specific of one. So whatever alien species is that is decided they were going to give us that, but make sure he didn't give them, you know, too many things. It doesn't make sense to me. That part of it doesn't make sense because the whole coordinate thing, if you go tear it apart, the way he got coordinates, there's only way you can get those one coordinates. You have to have that very specific GPS map. So what we're relying on, those aliens only use one of our fucking maps. And what we kind of know is, aliens, ET, whatever consciousness, whatever we want to call it is, when they discuss things with us, it's not in the way we talk. Rolling mnemonic dialogue downloads. So we get everything we need for that conversation at that moment to understand and proceed on it without ever hesitating right and that doesn't sound like that it sounds like you're having to guess which gps system and that's why i also think that some of the uh what are they called freaking when they're making shit in the fields right yeah what am i fucking brain fart dude come on screen and they're making a uh, cross circles thank you i think some of them are legit but i think the vast majority aren't because any of them that try to communicate with us in a way that's human-like doesn't make any fucking sense makes zero sense when they could just let us know what they want us to know. They're not going to play a puzzle game with us. They're not going to be like, let's see if we can level them up, if they can discover what this means. If they want to just talk to us, they're going to tell us exactly what we need to know. One of those messages that I think is legit is, is it the Arecibo message? Is it's, it's the one that we actually transmitted something similar on the gold record. It's the Arecibo it. reply. There we go. That's one that I can understand. So, one of the things we got to take in for the grain of salt is whenever I read these things, I'm like, wait, that's a very human thing to do. If these things are actually trying to communicate with us, me being an experiencer, knowing that they're just going to be there when they want to be there, they're not going to fuck around and be like, let's play a game. Let's see if you can solve these seven puzzles. Like, No, you're can- exactly right. And the, to clarify, I believe the coordinates and the binary for Penniston, they came from memory regression after the fact, right? Not from his initial memories. And so you have to be careful with the memory regressions. And I would even be open to him having sensed... Uh, you know, the overlapping points of the vile vortices because of how the magnetic fields work, but they weren't all vile vortice uh, locations, like the high Brazil location and things like that. And so then you get into this guy remembering ones and zeros, a whole paragraph worth from a, a memory regression. I, I'm pretty smart and I can't do that shit. So, uh, you know, how did he do that? That's my point, man. And and it's, it's I guess we got to understand, okay, so we're going to classify these, whatever this is, as some far advanced civilization. They're too goddamn dumb to communicate with us in a way we can understand. They want us to play. I don't think that's happening because the people who actually get discussed, it, they talk about downloads, things like they know what they need to know. They receive a message. It's there. But some of these times that when they're these coded messages, that kind of makes me think, you know, it's, it's horse shit. 
Because again, if it's communication, they're advanced. They're going to make us know what we need to know right there. What's up, Jamie? Am I just not hearing her? Jamie, oh, there? no, I thought, I'm sorry. I thought you called on Andrew because I couldn't see his speaker anymore. I thought you got abducted. I thought they got you. CIA or aliens, one of the two. Go ahead. Um, I was just going to say that uh, uh, when the uh, space that we were mentioning, um, our Sci Sunday space that we've been doing for like, this is the third or fourth week already now. Um, I put that up in the nest, um, and that's at uh, six thirty, uh, Mountain Daylight Time, um, and we're going to be doing uh, some remote viewing and non-local uh, information type um, games and fun. So, uh, you know that uh, I know we'd mentioned that to Astral, so I'll I'll make sure to send him a thing too, because uh, it will be cool for him to be able to participate too, because that was fun when uh, when you. I think I co-hosted that one with you that you hosted so that he could um, he could participate. So it's fun. It's uh, fun to be able to uh, do these things, and um, it's great to see that there are uh, you know other things to do uh, as far as spaces go. So um, I just wanted to mention that, and also, oh God, there are so many really cool things in the nest. Like uh, I can't wait to delve into the Indigo Children thing. Um, I had no idea, actually. <laughs> Anyway, I'm not going to go into that. Go ahead, um, my, my Mars. I'm not sure how to say your name. It's Jamar. And uh, by the way, you don't have to accept that co-host event screen. I was just holding your hostage. You could just get a speaker, but you got it. Too bad. Ha ha. Go ahead, Jamar. Yeah, about the why different civilizations use different contact methods. Like some people use crop circles, some people use channeling, some people. Um, Subductions, I guess. Some people just maybe contact the government directly and say, uh, "Give us your nukes, and we'll give you your peace and peaceful energy." But I think that if you notice that these civilizations are at different levels of the, uh, consciousness advancement, some are at like Kardashev. If you use the power scale, Kardashev one, others are at two, and others are at like three or above. Bear with me, guys. I'm actually posting something about Dolce. So you want to take over real quick screen? Because underground bases are a thing. I don't care what you think. I'm probably in one right now. Shit, that's the only way I'm going to get a girlfriend. I, I'm open to underground time. bases too, man. Um, I, I, I get into some of the most craziest things. I actually just made a post that's like, uh, I have some of the craziest ideas, but I, I make sure the science can back it up, right? <laughs> um, and as far as uh, somebody that would, uh, I, like, I, I, I get downloads, um, what I would call downloads, right? Um, but what I would say about them is they're more of a feeling of like when I felt connected to the TR3B, like it was a feeling like I felt like I needed to go let my dogs out to where I was arguing with myself, you know, uh, like it wasn't like uh, I was forced to, you know, and then uh, like when I get to a level of understanding that I felt like of something that was a download, it's almost like an epiphany, right? Like I just understood it at a point. So it's not like it was guesswork, like, uh, like the coordinates, you know? So it's like, like that was saying, uh, it, it's, it's not really like a puzzle. It's like you, you're kind of shown it right. Like consciously, if that makes sense. It makes sense. And I also need to ask you screen who let the dogs out. I'm sorry, dude. I had to do that. It was me, and uh, it changed know, my bro. life. I'm sorry. Nobody else is laughing either. If I had it, you know, that's a good dad joke. You get, I don't give a shit. I know there's no kids so in here. That's so funny you just said that, because we were just watching that movie the other day uh, of Men in Black, where he's like, barking, the, who let the dogs out part. The little dog that talks is adorable. Okay, so what I'm thinking right now... It, 
Let's flip the dogs of war, right? Yeah, no shit. I'm posting right now. Uh, it's an interview on from what is it? Eyes on Cinema, and it's going to be Dolce. And it's Thomas Edwin Castillo, security guard at Dolce Base. He kind of talks about hybridization and things like that. So I'm going to post the interview with a couple of blurps from him as well. So take over real quick, screen. Yeah, uh, if you, um, you know, I've looked into the underground bases and stuff, and uh, you you get into uh, it's it's apparently this fusion tech that like melts the rock and you know leaves leaves the surfaces like smooth as glass. Uh, you know, like when I first was reading about that stuff, I was like, man, that's that's so wild. That's not true, you know. But then you find out about how they have like. Uh, you know, these uh, nuclear-powered aircrafts way back in the day or, uh, you know, like a, a nuclear-powered exosuit like that folds up into something the size of a briefcase. And, uh, you know, although they may have been like prototypes, they still worked, right? So it's like, well, I guess that stuff could be possible. And then the more uh, you get into megalithic stuff, you always find tunnels under these places, right? Um, so, you know, I don't think it's much of a stretch to think that you know, powers, world powers may try to connect certain tunnels, uh, you know, or things of that nature. I'm totally open to that. Um, but, you know, it's uh, it's like uh, the conspiracy stuff is, is where I tried to, like, uh, tread lightly because uh, you can just get so lost in that stuff. So, it, it uh, you know, like, like Dolce and stuff like that, I'm open to it being an underground base or whatever. But are they making hybrids down there? You know, that I'm not sure of because uh, – you think of it from like a world power standpoint. Um, if you were going to be doing stuff like that, you would do it out in the middle of the ocean, you know, real deep or up in space, places like that, in my opinion. What's up, Bruce? I was just going to say, yeah, on the, uh, the tunnels, that uh, in a lot of the stories of the, the, the tunnels networks that are found, particularly in South America, but elsewhere, uh, Egypt, the places, they, they, they also say there's these ancient tunnel systems that the, the walls are as smooth as glass. And if you look at uh, like the Padre Crespi case and stuff where these artifacts were being brought up by the schwa from these tunnels in the jungle, that those tunnels, they were saying, yeah, that uh, it was smooth as glass and that they were, you know, they were bringing up mysterious, you know, uh, plaques and stuff and other objects. But they were also saying that there was like technological objects hidden down in these tunnels. Um, so they brought in a selection of stuff. But yeah, you get that recurring theme that these seem to be almost like drilled tunnels that were drilled by some kind of technology that melted its way through the rock, you know, so yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting to just throw that one in there, yeah. I, put, I put the video with a little blurb in the nest, if anybody wants to watch Security Guard at Dolce, I know that if we take these underground bases, like a grain of salt, but also take what we hear about what's in the treaties, hey Angela, bring it up, uh, what's in the treaties, right, when they discuss, and I know I've also read that one of the things in the treaties was they were to receive these underground bases basically under native four corners, right? And under native property. That's also why I I kind of said that if you're a uh, targeted individual, you need permission, obviously. But it, because of said treaties, you go to native property with permission and the government cannot track you there. So Firestarter was a documentary, yo. Bruce was just talking about... Uh father crespi right and how uh, the native people would bring all these artifacts from the tunnels and stuff in my opinion that that's where the government got the uap stuff right you're looking for the crafts that they recovered uh 
it would be something so big left in an area like that that it couldn't have been moved before uh you know maybe like a big big world power found it or maybe they still couldn't even move it in ohio because there's a pyramid in miamisburg everybody talks about the serpent mound but a lot of people don't talk about the mound of enon or the tablet that they found there along with the bodies that they this is from 1800 bc they call it the adena tribe but they don't actually know the name of the tribe but these tribes like these people were huge and they had technology um if you go look up the mound of enon you'll see about the tablet and then you'll see about how the tablet correlates with gobeki tepe in turkey and in jalisco mexico in between guadalajara and jalapa they they found a lot of stuff there and if you start there right there right patterson air force base and work your way down it's a really good rabbit hole so what do you think those tablets are? I've always wondered about the tablets of the destiny tablets and things like that. Talking. Like, how would they be working? Well, they're like, it's, it's it's a story, but it's information. It's pretty much talking about aliens, gods, whatever you want to call them. You know, like, I'm not trying to be disrespectful or anything, but they're talking about them coming down here and giving them information and, and teaching them. I mean, it's 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 a huge story. It's kind of like the Epic of Gilgamesh. It's, I can post the link, but not all of it's been translated, but I can post what I found. Cool, cool. Yeah, no, I just try to look at it from, like I said, like the science standpoint, right? So when we're talking tablets, I'm thinking maybe like a crystal or like some type of magnetic rock that they're using as a power source or something. No, so I was just curious what everybody else the thought Bosnian, about it. The Bosnian pyramids. If you're looking for a power source and stuff like that, Zimbabwe 1991 or um, the Bosnian pyramids, because two civilizations lived there. But when they were researching it, so this is like 2014, 2015, they were paying people to come over and help dig these rocks out because the second civilization completely rocked it up. Um, but it was admitting its own electromagnetic field. So like the there was like these petroglyphs inside. That's not petroglyphs. What's the other word? You know, like the, the the hollow ones where there's something inside of it, but there's writing on top of it. Anyways, they have them in there. But when you would put like their equipment up to it, like the EMF detector, it would go off the charts. But like when you're inside of it, it completely blocks radiation from the outside. And it's really, really neat. Yeah, but that's because uh, the site is so big, right? Like that's why it's producing those effects. Uh, but the tablets, they're, they're like holding them, you know? So uh, Bruce, what you think of it? Yeah, I was just saying some of the stories to do with the tablet, you know, like the green stone, the emerald tablets, um, some of these other accounts relating to the city, you know, that it's just, you have to be in the presence of it for the information to be transferred to your mind rather than actually reading the tablets. Um, so that again would go to the idea of it being, you know, some sort of psychic technology or metatech or something, um, which makes me sense. And also you think about the Greenstone and the Emerald Tablets particularly, if you look at the accounts of people interacting with Moldavite, right, that really uh, is interesting because so many people when they hold Moldavite have strong psychic experiences, particularly cosmic-related experiences in space or seeing aliens and stuff. Um, I do suspect that, yeah, both the... Um, the, the Emerald Tablets and the Greenstone and stuff were, were made of Moldavite. And in fact, Moldavite has a, a long history of use by humans. In fact, the, if anyone's aware of the, the Venus of Vizeldorf, it is the, that really uh, ancient, it's a 40,000-year-old um, goddess statue uh, that was found in Germany. But when they found that, that was found alongside Moldavite, carved Moldavite pieces, but they were unfortunately lost. But um, Moldavite has a very deep history with um, human interest in that greenstone. Um, the other thing I was going to say quickly, you know, not on the top, on the Serpent Mound, just when it was mentioned, is an interesting, if anyone's watched Graham Hancock's show on um, Netflix, he goes to the Serpent Mound, 
um, I suppose for some of you have seen it, many of you have probably seen it. Um, but there's an interesting thing, and he he didn't he didn't click on this, and most people wouldn't. But when he's talking about the serpent man, he says it's mysterious because when you look from above, you can see that there's these faded um, two side kind of appendages that are showing, right? If anyone's seen that, they'll, they'll know where he references that. He doesn't know what those are. Those are actually feathers. Those are neck feathers on the serpent, right? How do I know that? Because those are depicted in Aboriginal art. The, that's the rainbow serpent, and that's the feathered serpent. But the feathers, it's just two feathers coming out of the neck. Now, you've got to think to yourself, why is an Aboriginal rainbow serpent being depicted in America at Serpent Mount, right? You know, and of course, I'd say because it all goes back to Australia, that this knowledge traces back to the Aboriginal people and a, a movement out of Australia that took with it cosmic knowledge across the world. So just going to put that out as well. Cheers. Um, Snake Mountain is really awesome. I really, really recommend looking into Enon because, like, I grew up there, um, well, for part of my life, from 91 to 99. Um, but when I lived there, we dealt with a lot of paranormal experiences. Like, I don't know if you know me, but my dad's a Green Beret. Um, my grandfather was a part of Operation Jedi Warrior at Fort Bragg in the 70s, which was a psychic super soldier program. My grandmother is Ann Jutman. She's a psychic remote viewer for the CIA. And I was kidnapped and sold as a baby. Um, I'm trying to bring awareness to what they do at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. Um, but when I lived at Enon, I, I have photos from age five all the way up to where you can see these entities standing behind me. Um, and this is in the town of Enon. Like the entire area is built on actual mounds and there's there's so much more history that it's not really even talked about unless you're local and you walk there and you go to these spaces and you feel it like it, it's really really powerful and i found serpent mound really really interesting because they all line up every angle lines up with the equinoxes except for one it's kind of slightly off but you wouldn't be able to tell by like directly looking at it unless you like you're measuring it but it also um there's another one in is it alabama i think it's alabama and they said it's made by the same people the same people that was that made the ones in Jalisco, Mexico. And the one in Jalisco, Mexico, they found something big, big there. Because, I mean, they had Delta. They have a lot of contractors. Well, I can't say names. I don't want to get in trouble. I can talk privately. But they, there's that's a big one. You should look into it. And I know it's in between Guadalajara and Jalapa. When I was reading the Book of, when I was reading the book of Mormon, they were talking about uh, that the ancient record uh, was from Golden Place. They buried them. The Native Americans, like the Hopewell, had another civilization. Uh, they called it the Jaredites from before the fall of the Babylon. So they actually came over to the U.S. in boats. But as for the species continuation program, it would make sense that they would create bunkers because a lot of prophecies talk about some kind of pole shift. So it would be natural that the government would want to build some follow-up bunkers, if only just for themselves. And it also makes sense how could they convince other nations to give 1% of the GDP to this UN uh, whatever program? Well, they could have told them that, you know, the sun's going to go Nova or something, and they probably bought it. Sorry, guys, I'm still here. I'm, my brain's kind of exploding right now. I'm going to have to look at some shit. So, uh, let me ask you guys a question. You ever heard of a driver a device, a propulsion device, anti-gravity device or something that propels by creating a black hole in front of it instead of the opposite, a continuous black hole repetitively in front of it to bring it forward. Have you ever heard of that? I had until recently, and I'm going to have to start. That, that just blows my fucking mind. I'll send you Isn't some that, documents. 
Isn't that like yeah. a warp drive, an Alcubierre drive, where you fold space well, that's, that's in Well, that's compression and the expansion of it behind. Now, I don't know if that's the same thing. I'm picturing something different. When I'm thinking, seeing a black hole opening up, and that's, it's, you know, the that's gravity of the black hole. PSI research. They had, that's an actual whole entire project. Because you have to think it went Grill Flame, Stargate, Sunstreak, Center Lane, Gondola's Wish, Star Flame, and then, you know, now it's PSI Tech. But well, they, that was one of the projects that they worked on, and they mastered that. Okay, here's what's in my brain right now. The difference between a, a, a Cubieri would be you have the expansion, the, uh, the compression in the front and the expansion in the back, whereas with what I just said, you wouldn't need the back because the gravity that's in front of you would propel you forward, pull you forward. You wouldn't need to do shit anywhere else because the gravity there would do that, right? I don't so they're using psionics to bend space-time or opening a portal in space-time, like a wormhole? Yeah, maybe, I, I don't know this, but picture any million ways what you could do it, right? But somehow opening something in front of you that has such dense gravity that you're not needing to do shit behind you because you do with a, a cubieri, you need to actually in front and back. Whereas with this, if you have just, you know, your normal cosmos going and you throw something like a black hole, which is essentially the most dense object you can get, you're just, man, is that what he's talking about when they're talking about propelling close to this yeah. past the speed of light? Mm. It kind of reminds me of why are aliens seeding technology here by crashing their drones and stuff? Why do they give the government free technology so like a droid dealer first first taste is always free and this tech this uh they must have they may have predicted that humans would just create uh drives so if they can't get to the if they can't invade and land on humanity because of some federation or quarantine over the earth what what if they give the natives technology the natives use it to leave and then they could snatch them up like in an extra solar colony you know i kind of heard some shit like that now and the reason i'm going to postulate like there was a Galactic Federation. Alex Collier talks about this, right? And that this Galactic Federation has some kind of a, I don't know, a barrier. But stuff gets through. Some negative shit gets through. And by negative, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying the tall grays are positive because one man's treaty is another surrender. What I'm saying is there supposedly some, I've read that before, right? And I keep seeing shit about this Galactic Federation. And I don't know where I'm at. Bruce, what do you think about the Galactic Federation? Right now. I heard the baby earlier, so he's probably being a good dad right now, actually. I think there's, like, many confederations. Uh, like, the Law of One says they belong to, like, a local Galactic Confederation you, you have to nail these people down uh, very, because anybody can pretend to be uh, from the IRS and they ask for your bank account information to transfer money. That doesn't mean the email is legitimate. So you got to look for f fishing expeditions is uh, very popular in this galaxy for some odd reason. What do you mean by that, fishing expedition? You know, uh, when people email you and they're pretending to be from something and they're not, it's basically a scam. So you have to investigate who you're talking to. Like with the deep fakes on online, somebody calls you and they have some voice that's in person. So there may be a galactic federation or galactic confederation, but there may be imposters as well that are pretending to be the police. Like, but it's the police open up, and you open up and you get right. Wait a second, you Mark. Tell me this. So you're telling me that that 
hybrid Nordic that I'm supposedly married to could possibly be a reptile? You're fucking with me, right? I'm saying that you need to be careful about who you're inviting into your home. Could be a vampire. Energy vampires are very real. Loosh. Who likes to eat that loosh? Yeah. Uh, I know. So yeah, so the way I determine is I I look at their frequency, but I also look at their power level. Are they still using technology that looks like a like a Kardashev one or two civilization for a galactic federation or confederation with the power to quarantine the entire world from all negatives invading it? They would have to be at least Kardashev three or higher in power level. So you look at their power level. What kind of what kind of ship would a Kardashev three civilization have? And that would basically be like a light ship, something that they can materialize into existence or out of existence whenever they want. And your weapons don't do anything to them. They just reflect it back at you. So it has to be like that kind of civilization. If they don't have that kind of power, then it's probably, uh, they're probably not who they claim to be. I want to add real quick before we move on, since we mentioned Lush and, you know, I could probably, it's crossed my mind multiple times. The reason I have the friends that I have and, in the Yakima Valley, the whatever is because they they love the fact that it's an all you can eat trauma loose buffet with me. So they just write along I just like dropped gobble, documents gobble. of the um, Galactic Federation from CI.gov. I did. Thank you, Angela. I appreciate. It. Who was that? Was it? Car- I think it was Carolyn and then Bruce. And I was going to add uh, you, Mars, uh, comment there. It's like hook, line, and sinker every time. And it'll get you. It'll, it'll it'll come from everywhere. And hook, line, and sinker is is the thing. You have an example. You sound like from experience, brother. Talk. Fucking hell, man! I, I don't even I don't even want to get into that. Um, but but no, it, it sometimes it feels uh like okay. Um, infiltration comes from everywhere. Um. And it can come from here. It can come from someone that you just meet, or anything like that. And it's—I don't—I don't think it's like a targeted individual thing. Um, but sometimes, just, like, like it. Sometimes, if you feel that someone is around you for the wrong purpose, like you can, you can feel that. Unfortunately, sometimes it takes too long to realize. The fact that this person isn't here for good, they're here to drain you, uh, uh, like technically take your energy at certain points. Like when, whenever you feel at your highest point, um, uh, a stranger or uh, for a male, it'd be a succubus or a female, it'd be an incubus like. But there, there's like this whole occubus that's around us and. It's. Do you want me to, do you want me to explain it? Uh, uh, kinda... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah go, go into it, please. Yeah, so uh, looks. what I'm getting is that he's talking about uh, situations in business or in relationships like love where you meet someone and they look like they're, you know, in harmony with you. Uh, therefore, you're benefiting, you're helping them. And then later on, it turns out they're crazy or they're embezzling your funds. So that kind of creates a sense of betrayal where you you thought you were working for everyone's highest good and then you, they get back, you get betrayed and then you get bitter and that throws you off from your career and relationship goals. Now for a species, of course your goal is to grow 
and become uh, more harmonious or less murderous at least. And so there are like species that don't want you to do that. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's weird. It's it's more than a speed bump. It's it's like a stopgap. It's like hitting a brick wall. It's like having the the perfect harmony in a song, and then it just hits a brick wall. Like that's that's not how life is supposed to be. And that's that's how it kind of feels like when people like that come into your life, and it feels harmonious. And yet they're just like feeding off of that just to understand how to like really ruin that. And, you know, I've, I had my fair share of positive engagement. Um, and I've had my fair share of negative engagement too. And right now at my age on this planet, I just, I don't know. There's there's not many people that I would want to let into my life and share secrets with or anything or knowledge with because, I, you know, I, it, it'll come to a point to where I can't even trust myself. So I'll give up something and it'll be used against me. And that's a very uncomfortable feeling. And I'm sure a lot of people feel like that to where they can't say things uh, because it'll be held against them. You know, it's like we, we have our true intention within ourselves and it gets manipulated, but if it doesn't get manipulated, there are going to be other people that want it manipulated and it, it's going to make you feel terrible. And It just means that you're very high on their priority list because you're strategically too important for them to leave alone. So they want to keep... a keep opposing you so that you develop this paranoia and uh, don't have enough energy to do what your uh, mission mission was. No, I I definitely feel that. And, uh, you know, I I could have died 10 years ago and I would have said, you know, I've I've lived such a good life, like with accomplishment and everything. Uh, There was obviously negativity in there, but I pushed and pushed and pushed and I had the energy to do so, but it came to a point where I felt like I was being stripped of my energy because of uh, this, the decision to put myself around certain people and uh, like your energy gets drained on them. You, th- you think you're doing the right thing and you say, oh, maybe I can help this person by doing this, and doing this, and doing this. And eventually like your reserves run dry and it's it's hard to climb back up you know to where you were that's that's the lesson to in order to graduate to the fifth density that's the fourth chakra graduation of the fifth density which is extremely important gateway that that lesson of how much energy can you expend before you become like a martyr it's lonely it's very lonely and it's stressful and the thing is like you know, I have probably a dozen close friends. That's it. I'm not going outside of that. But yet, I know thousands of people, and thousands of people know me. But I don't consider them friends. Like, we hung out a lot. We had good times, everything like that. And then I realize, you know, in re- retrospect, like, looking back, it's, it's like, ah, oh, I was technically being just 
just taken advantage of and just used. And, you know, all I thought I was doing was trying to provide like positive environments for people having a good time and everything like that. And now that I look back at it and I look at all the rough times that I've been through and I was like, who was actually there? Who who is there to support me? Who wasn't there to support me? It's like good times, bad times. And then you realize my friend count is very low. It's it, you should have a very tight circle in life. It doesn't mean you can't go outside of that circle. It just means that you need to have a trusting circle. It could be a circle of three. It could be a circle of 10 circle of 13. It doesn't matter, but we put too much trust in others and they use that shit against us on the regular constantly. And I, 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 I don't know where humanity has gone. It's, I, I, I feel lost in it. I, I really do. And like, you know, my visitations with those from above, it's, I'm kind of wondering like, Hey, why the fuck haven't you come pick me back up yet? Like, and show me something to, like done something. And I'm just like stuck here in this, this void of unintelligible garbage division. And it, it fucking sucks. I, I, I have no clue how to actually deal with it. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if anybody feels the same way, but it just, it sucks, man. I feel privileged because I have, I've seen what I've seen. I've been through what I've been through, but to not have any recourse, it's, it's damaging. It it's, it's draining. Um, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm rambling on guys. Not rambling. It's all good, man. And look, I, I don't think everybody knows about my experience, but I don't know what, my experiences. I don't even know if I'm in the depth type of things. I I could say if I followed a checklist, maybe on some of these things. But I could tell you that the more I dig into and get answers, the more questions I have, and the more confused I am about everything, actually, and why, and all these other things. So anytime you come in these rooms, Sterling. You're always welcome too, man. That's what these spaces for. Actually, the only reason I started doing these spaces, I just needed a place to be able to talk about exactly what my experience was, which I still don't know what it is, but there's not any place for us. There's no AA for experiencers. Although, when I was at UFO Congress, shout out to Melinda Leslie. I see you in here. Oh, let me bring you up. I saw her there too, right? They, they had some experiencers and groups in person. And that's one of the reasons I these these rooms are super important to me. So, like I said, man, I get it to think you know what's going on, and by that you now don't know what's going on is the worst feeling in the world. But at the same time, that shit keeps me going. I found my uh, I guess NAAA calls you higher power, and that shit was this. What is conscious? What is this in my life? All of a sudden. You know, he had mentioned uh, indigo children, that third eye, that chakra. So it just felt like, not the paranoia part, or maybe a little bit, but it just felt like all of a sudden I could see the world for what it was supposed to be as instead of the way everyone told me it was supposed to be. And then when that happened, 
I had questions, man. So that's what these rooms are for, bro. You're not rambling ever. Don't ever think that. What's up, Melinda? By the way, let's go. Yeah, sorry, I couldn't answer earlier on when you asked about the Galactic Federation. Um, I was going to say that from my perspective, that amongst all the different, you know, crazy weird phenomena going on, because there's a lot, there's no single answer for everything. Okay, I'll just say, I'll just preface that saying that. But I'm going to say that amongst it all, in both the ancient material, ancient, you know, uh, evidence, the cultural narratives from different indigenous groups and amongst contactees and experiences, you know, I would say that there's enough to support, you know, without saying absolute proof, but enough to support that there's at least two groupings of intelligences that we could call kind of galactic alliances or galactic federations, right? And that these center around, in, in my understanding, portals or kind of stargates that connect to Earth from Orion and from the Pleiades, and that these groupings of beings are multiple different types, some of them not even biological, some of them not even physical, um, but they're on both sides. You've got a mixture of beings associated with the stars of Orion, another one's another group associated with the stars of the Pleiades, and that you know a lot of people say, particularly in the New Age, but oh, you know, they live on Alcyon or something. I don't think we can really go to that. I think that they may not originate at all from those star systems. I think that once you get to the thing about being, you know, interstellar or interdimensional, really your home could be anywhere. But it just happens that that's where the the portal to Earth. This is why my understanding is that the portals that link to Earth, there's one in the Pleiades and there's one in Orion, and that they, whatever, however this works, whether it's from another dimension or whether it's in our space, whether it's a freaking simulation or, you know, whatever it is, but they link in from those two star systems, right? Um, and that's, again, a lot of indigenous cultures will talk about it as well. From my perspective, the contacts and stuff that my family have had, that that fits with that. The evidence in my work on the Exogenesis book and talking about the Alcharinga transmissions, and stuff, that all relates back to that, and that's particularly with the Pleiades group, uh, but also they do discuss the Orion group of beings. Um, that there's, there's always been a kind of a hostility there, and that's why it's even in our mythology about the, you know, the Orion the Hunter chasing the Seven Sisters, that that is linked to this conflict. That's why we have that star lore is in, not just in Greece, that goes back, the ancient version of that is in Australia, again with the Aboriginals, you'll see they have that same story of the Hunter chasing the Pleiades, because that's an ancient, well, prehistoric, you know, uh, conflict that they were also told about in their contact experiences, that this is a really deep rooted kind of cold war between two different kind of galactic alliances um, that are super powerful um, and are somewhat evenly balanced to a degree so that we are living in this kind of the chessboard of them playing out a cold war here um, rather than a real hot war where planets could be just crumbled by some of the things that they can do um, and that that's my kind of current understanding of why a lot of this stuff happens that way again that doesn't answer everything i know there's a lot of other weird stuff going on which wouldn't fit with that narrative and there's a lot of beings that just don't seem to be associated with any of that 
you know, sometimes people see a being that nobody else ever sees, and it only appears in one case, and all the rest. Of, you know, so obviously there's a lot of other weird stuff going on. But yeah, that that's my take on it. Is that yes, there are these kind of alliances. I would just recommend a paper for people if they want to look at um from a mainstream kind of take on that. And that's the a paper, 1960 paper by Robert Bracewell, and Bracewell came up with the idea. Bracewell probes, if anyone's heard of those, is the idea that aliens would use artificial intelligent probes to fly out, you know, and to find other uh, habitable worlds or, you know, basically inhabited worlds. And that he posited that intelligent species would meet up with each other. You know, over time, they would explore, they would contact each other, they would form alliances, and then they would work together to further seek out other intelligences. And so what they would likely do is send out these intelligent probes that would monitor star systems that either had life or that had the necessary uh, you know, precursors for life. And so that these technologies would wait there and then at the right moment they would contact the civilization and could act as ambassadors of that intelligence because these would be what they call um bracewell sentinel probes so an autonomous ai probe that can make contact and can interact with the beings of that system so anyone wants to read that's a really interesting paper 1960s paper he was you know a very claimed guy and that's hence they've named these probes after him the bracewell probe hypothesis but he posited the idea yeah of a galactic federation in that as well that uh, almost certainly that these groups would meet up and they would eventually encounter each other and that they, they would work to the percentage more benevolent ones would work together to work faster at contacting other civilizations and bringing them into this alliance. So, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's from all takes, if you like, indigenous stories, contact cases, mainstream theories about how it would work. You know, so it's, uh, yeah, I do go with that view that we do have some of these galactic alliances. Um, but I'm wary of that term, of course, Shane, because you know that Galactic Federation, of course, there's a lot of new age kind of wackadoodly do stuff associated with that term. Um, so, but I mean, certainly galactic alliances, I think, exist. Yeah, that's my take. That makes yeah. it Hold on, Yamar. Before you go on, let me say that maybe that's what I'm looking for with Scott Andrews. It's hard to hear you. You're, you're muffled. All right, give me one second. Let me fix it. Right now? Yeah, that's better. Can you? Can you? All right. Maybe that's what I'm looking for with the difference between. And Sherman Project Preserve Destiny and the Star Kids, the different alliances that are being communicated with. So thank you for that, Bruce. Put that paper in there. Shit. Brain yes, for real. So I've heard stuff like that. And I'm not even messing with you. I've actually read, came across materials about those different. Yeah, that makes sense because one of the things that I've actually read was that if you've ever read Charles Paul and the uh, Paul Weiss, I think it's called Millennial Hospitality. There's volumes, high volumes of it. But You're in those volumes, dang, well, just let me fix something real quick, all right? Take over for me, Jamie. Uh, well, Bruce said really resonated with me as well. Copy that. Such great information. We definitely want to catch it. So that's why I wanted to interrupt because I know I must not be the only one to have, have a little bit of a hard time hearing some of the words because it's muffled. That right, sounds now, so much better. All right, what I was trying to say is all this, Bruce, the reason I say that is things that I actually ran across, if you get a chance to be Charles White, or sorry, Charles Hall and the Tall Whites, uh, I think it's called Millennial Hospitality. There's five volumes. In there, one of the things that struck me was when he describes the Tall Whites, he almost describes them as if they're tall greys that had hybridized Nordics and others and had features from all reptiles and all these others, right? So had a 
hook, like a, a claw, like the reptiles. And I think it was a face, face, but it actually also led me to some other stuff talking about the way one of these individuals, because you had the two, interacts with, I guess they, they go to planets and through subterfuge. Matter of fact, NSA was created from reading because of this interaction and this subterfuge and they can gain access through specific individuals because of, I think it's DNA. Is that right, Bruce? And kind of in a way, take them over. You ever heard that? Sorry, I didn't catch the last bit. Sorry. So I, I was reading that the tall grade, one of these alliances, they, they succeed on going from planet to planet and integrating themselves, hybridization, as well as um, they're, once they're hybridized, they can get into specific individuals, such as in the NSA and all that. So they, they're somehow controlling some individuals in a way we don't understand. Have you ever heard or read anything like that? Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely, I think that it's a power there's evidence suggestive of a parasitical kind of relationship with these beings like that yes that there's a way somehow backdoor to hackers and that i think when you look at it what's really interesting in the context i know that some of this again anecdotes anecdotes um but if you look at a lot of the abduction cases one of the things that's really interesting is that there are people who at least in their experience whether these are happening as physical or on some other plane of existence i don't know but they have the experience they see the other people who are zoned out right they can't do nothing and they try and wake these people up and they can't right these people are totally under the control of whatever this intelligence or technology is but some of these people are not they're not hacked right and uh that so that suggests that there are some of us that have a, a genetic predisposition to a defense against either these psi abilities or these technologies, right? So there's something different. And again, this has been one of the, the phrases that you know I and other people have is that that maybe that some some of these intelligence are looking to see these bloodlines and to say, well, why is that family not got you know this uh, low susceptibility? Is it something in their genome? Um, and I know if you think about it, some of the stuff that Gary Nolan's hinted at the idea that there might be a way to produce something that defends against abduction or being hacked, right? Because if you think about it, if you can find a gene therapy, right, that gives you that same defense that some people seem to have, then potentially you could roll that out and defend everyone on Earth from being hacked um, or, or abducted. Now, again, those abductions may not be physical but still they experienced as physical but you know if you could be defended against psychic and other influence right that would be quite mega and i kind of suspect that's the direction some of these uh scientists are thinking along the lines of is that if this is in the if you look um uh, i know you guys talking about the guy from ions earlier i've forgotten his name now but um that he's looked at genetic hereditary of psych powers right that, that they're finding evidence that there are yeah, Dean Radin, that he's found, you know, their team have found evidence that some of these psi abilities, they are linked to specific genes. So, and that they do run in families, they're heritable. Um, so when you start putting some of this stuff together, you know, it, it makes for an interesting picture, right? And also we know that some of the beings, you know, that they're, my understanding again of this group, particularly the Pleiades group, is they're not interested in a kind of a contact with our government in any kind of that kind of way and that they're interested in interacting with people that have the right capabilities for an interaction 
right? And that's that's what they're interested in. They're not interested in the idea that there's a hierarchical person that we hallucinate to believe is the top of the planetary you know hierarchy. That's just a meaningless concept for these beings. They're interested in in beings that can contact on their you know psi level if you like you know to have those interactions right um so that they there's no reason for them to try and approach it in this weird way that you know you talk to the president it's just you know it doesn't make any sense it's very obvious they're not doing that they're doing that because they're already talking to people right they're already talking to people they're talking to cleaners and school teachers just people that have that right profile to be able to have that conversation and some of that may be the genetics so yeah and there on the other hand there is a kind of what seems to be a parasitical type interaction with some of these intelligences and influencing people to do you know things that they shouldn't be doing or to flip them out and all sorts of stuff so yeah definitely that's you know appears a lot i think you look across the literature of contact cases and what's happening in these genetic research areas you can kind of put some of that together and i think that that's we're not too far off if you think along those lines awesome. do you think yeah actually oh go ahead go ahead no, Jamie, go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't want to pay attention. You may have. Oh, okay, been. it's okay. I just uh, I was going to mention that um, yes, the genetic society uh, research um, thing. I donate. I didn't donate. My, I submitted my DNA for that one um, and did the questionnaire and all that stuff. And so um, I still have to read uh, what you know they've they've printed on it. Um, you know, but I'm excited to do that. I keep forgetting. But uh, now that I have a tablet, I'm going to be able to see things way easier. So I'm excited. <laughs> Uh, go ahead, Andrew. Or go, I'm sorry, old vet, and then Andrew probably. You were going to say something, Shane? <laughs> and Andrew has his hand up. I'm sorry. Shane's in another window. He's doing some research. Yeah, I was. I was. I was, posting. I was literally looking and it. So go ahead, Andrew. Um, well, I just I'm just gonna say two or three things real quick. Uh, one is that I'd, I'd like hearing what you were saying, Bruce. It's very parallel to what Yamar was saying a while ago. I've agreed. I think it's been a great space and it's been an excellent conversation because this is what I've kind of always believed. And I guess I never would have considered myself an experiencer until I started hanging out in UFO Twitter and uh, realizing, yeah, yeah, I probably am. Um, uh, not not the way some people are, but um, but I I do think that it that um, it's like the expression birds of a feather flock together and we attract, you know, based on our vibration. But that being said, I think that even people who are not UFO experiencers or who would never say that are going through the same thing we all are. Um, I don't think it matters what planet you're from and whether it's your first time here or your five thousandths or whatever. I think we literally are going through the experiences that our souls need. Um, and as far as consciousness, I've just been convinced a very long time based on studies, research and my own insights. I think, yeah, we are consciousness. We are the soul. We are immortal beings. And I do think we're here having the human experience. So it's like the police say we're spirits in the material world. And it's also biblical, you know, we're to be in this world, but not of it. And most of us here, I think if we haven't figured it out by now, Carolyn, you're speaking to that. We're all speaking to that. Our experiences have told most of us a long time ago. We know firsthand there's a lot more than the physical. And I know that some of the Eastern systems, they may say astral and there's a mental plane and uh, spiritual planes beyond that. That's kind of how I see it. But we also have to appreciate that it's right here. It's it's right now. And the reason I really jumped up was because um, I appreciated what Bruce was saying. I just had a quick comment on that. And uh, it's really that I, I don't know if I caught everything um, 
I have to try to listen carefully, but uh, when you talk, Bruce, but I guess I say that I would be interested in treatment for certain things. And I hope people will consider that, you know, if they're having contact experiences or psychic phenomena or what have you, um, that they can't lock down or that we're not able to suppress and certainly that are not uh, pleasant. Um, some people are being currently abducted. We know about this and we talk about it often. That's where I think that some of these techniques, instead of having to go to the great links that some of us are or that some of you are, I think it would be wonderful to have a safe treatment, something that can be tested, proven. And that's why I do appreciate what Gary Nolan and others in that field are doing, um, because there needs to be um, the physical plane science that that can can deal with that. What I would not be interested in ever is like a hard wiring, you know, go in there and lobotomize or or otherwise, you know, do treatments that are irreversible. And I say that because although it might give people great relief today, what about tomorrow? What about next week or next year or whatever? Um, I, I think that the real challenge is to deal with psychic gifts, whether it could be mediumistic tendencies from another lifetime, um, could have been trauma. We often talk about trauma as triggering that. And I think that there's a, you know, it's almost like a uh, silver lining in that cloud. I think the real purpose of the trauma is to obviously to heal. It's telling us, well, there's wounds wherever they originate, however they come to us. And we talk about the different ways that that happens. So that to me is life being purposeful, um, call it God, call it, call it higher power. And some in some cases, whether we call them ETs or angels, I think their consciousness is so far advanced. They may technically be more human than the beings we call angels, but I do think that they are all going to have our best interests in mind. And those are the high vibrational types, obviously, who, as we were saying before, Yamari, you're using the, um, I forgot the scale, but those are the beings that are not going to be dependent upon the technology. And if they use it, it's it's augmenting their consciousness, but they're not ultimately dependent upon it, whether it's in the astral plane, physical, or what have you. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to um, say, and I'll make it quick, but it's a link down there in the uh, blue pill or whatever you call it. Um, I posted on this being called Vrilon and Bruce, it's okay if you um, roll your eyes a little bit. And when others, you know, I think Garrett's got his hand up, but I was going to say, Bruce, if you wanted to jump in on that after Garrett or whatever, or others, if you've heard of Vrilon, I know that the criticism will be okay. Well, that's very new agey. It's what you called that. But I got to say, for some reason, I like V Valiant Thor. I've always been interested in, I tend to believe that, that the Venusians are the real deal. I think they're just in a higher ether, and when they come here, I think their vibration lowers either automatically or I think they may have to you know, choose to do that. But I would say they're a spiritually advanced species and I'm, or, or race or whatever, and I think they're very closely linked to human evolution. I think the scriptures prove that. They may get called different things in different texts, but um, I think they're called Lords of the Flame or Kumaras or different things in the different books. And, and is Valiant Thor one of them? Well, supposedly he was a created being and spent three years with our government. I don't know. But the being I mentioned is Vrilon, who claims in this message that was received at night. It's 1977 Southern Television, uh, somewhere in England, this broadcast that was hijacked, obviously, and very localized signal that was um, hijacked has always fascinated me. It's not real clear. You get different versions. The version I posted may not be the clearest, but it does have a an English translation. I mean, it's got a a verbal printout of what you can't always hear what, what he's saying, but this voice, I want to know, okay, if this really was an alien being an ambassador claiming to be with the Ashtar galactic command, well then where'd you get the, where'd you get the voice? Is that a human voice? You're, you're copying. I like to think there, if they really are who they sound like they are, 
they're probably so sophisticated that that part doesn't worry me. What I'm interested in is, is it real? Because although people have said, oh, no, that was a hoax, I've never, ever seen like solid debunking proof like, oh, we know it was a hoax because anybody can claim that, show it, back it up. And therefore, I say, although, yes, the message sounds very flowery, love and light, y'all got to come together as brothers. That's kind of what he's saying. But they get so specific that I would urge you, if you've never heard of Rilon and you've been researching this stuff, give it a second look or give it a, a, a first look because they're kind of telling us that that and this was back in 77, mind you, they're telling us that um, our, our our leaders, so-called leaders, are going to essentially strip away the energy that, that we call money. And to me, that's this acknowledgement that we still think of money as this you know, concrete object when money really is our energy. It represents our labor. It represents um, uh, actual effort, and it's not always you know, products that we're selling. So I think money is it's like our circulatory system. And any higher species, I think, would recognize that we're obviously having some problems on our planet right now with greed, with destruction, and runaway um, vices. So I think it would make sense that they, if they did want to help us, they would be warning us, listen, that's what, that's what we're seeing right now. What, whatever you want to call that is trying to kind of pull the ultimate rug out from under everybody's feet. And I think that's why we're in this. I know I'm long winded. I'm sorry, but we're in this pivotal to me crux moment where humanity is really kind of turned. We're trying to steer our ship here. Um, and, and we know the earth is going through a lot. We were talking about dumbs in the space earlier. And to me, all of that is showing us that um, the, the powers that be know that something's coming. And, and that seems to be beyond debate. And so an alien species would know that as well, especially the benevolent ones who really want to help us through that, um, including those that might have an interest in the planet, the resources. It might not be about us, but I do think those who care, I do think those who care would want to try to get us to to look at a spiritual message, which is why I know it's a little new age airy fairy. But at the same time, I want to I want to just know if it's been disproven by whom and, and, and back it up. Otherwise, I want to know who the hell Vrilon is. And what are we going to do when he gets out of the, the spacecraft? Are we going to pull up Ray Bradbury Martian Chronicles and blow him up as he's you know holding up his hands in the Vulcan salute? Or are we going to say, yeah, I want to meet the guy that's actually responsible for that message, if it's real. Anyway, thanks for letting me ramble. And I'd love to hear response to that when well, we get around. Very to quick it. response. Just like you said then that was on the um, about these therapies, you know, and obviously that there could be a downside, you know, that we be careful how you utilize things like that. I mean, it's quite interesting because. You know, if you look at Rudolf Steiner's work, you know, he predicted that the, in the future there would be a vaccine of the spirit where you'd basically have this injection and the injection would cut you off kind of from the higher realms and the spiritual realms. Now, that's, that's kind of interesting. You think about it, if we're looking potentially at genetic therapies that would stop kind of psychic invasions by alien parasites of the mind or whatever, right, or aliens abducting you, like, could not such a therapy also potentially cut you off from your psychic abilities to reach a higher realm or to reach, you know, spiritual um, enlightenment? You know, that's the flip side of all of our technologies. We know, you know, nuclear power, great. Nuclear bombs, not so great. So, I mean, there is that potential there. And I think, yeah, we'd have to be very cautious about the idea of, of using therapies to block something that we don't even really understand, right? So, yeah, so just comment on that. And Bruce, thank you for saying that. That's exactly what I uh, forgot to mention, and, I, and I'm glad you called it. I'm not surprised you did, but that's Tupacabra would have said it because he's into the Rosicrucianism and the 
anthroposophy, but that's exactly what Steiner warned us about. That's what made me want to say that middle part. And thank you for responding to it, because that's the danger is if you turn it off permanently, maybe we maybe we really need that. Anyway, thanks. Thanks, Andrew. Go ahead, Garrett. What's up, man? What's up, Shane? I just wanted to come in and tell you you're doing a good job and uh, say what's up and I hope you're having a good night. Um, honestly, bro, that was all of that. I apologize, but all that was very long winded. Um, and I'm not trying to insult anybody, but like, I, you guys got to understand that from an unbiased source, you're not going to sell them the way that we're talking about this topic. And, uh, when I I just want to say, for example, if you look at the message of Jacques Vallée and messengers of deception, or even further back in the 1700s with that, uh, Swedish theologian and mathematician named Emanuel Swedenborg, they warn us about how these entities lie constantly. And I wanted to know how you guys reconcile these, in my opinion, well-respected individuals talking about this topic in a way that has a very clear element of deception to it. And I know that we're yearning for things Oh, you're cutting out. We have to, we have to, all right, never mind. No, we got it. You came back. Don't never mind us, bro. We got almost all of it. You just cut out real quick. I just, I I wanted to just make it clear that I think that a lot of these experiences people have as beautiful as they may seem, have a very sinister element to them. And I think that if we look, I, I wanted to say one example is the book of raw. I think it's called, I think Don Elkins wrote it. It was a book that was written through channeling, supposedly. And uh, when I looked at these individuals that wrote this book, it ended up being that these people were very closely associated with this Dr. Andrea Puharic that's in the title of the space. And uh, I think that if we really use Occam's razor and look at the technologies that have been available since the times of these channelings, I think we need to really start with a terrestrial human explanation until it's not warranted. Like until the evidence is overwhelming that this is non-human, like that Vrillon thing that I, I'm sorry, Andrew, but like, I don't think that that was something that would be outside the realm of human capability. I I'm familiar with it. I thought it was really cool, but like, I thought that it was some human shenanigans going on. And uh, I just want everyone to just really like not, take all this shit as gospel, you know, like I, uh, it's, I know it's really exciting, but like at the same time we get, we can't lose our heads because that's, if you look back at the early two thousands with Stephen Greer is like, we started to make ourselves look ridiculous by talking about this so speculatively. And like, if you guys got any, here's here's what I wanted to say. If you guys got a book, I think the galactic federation is baloney. And I'm sorry if that hurts people's feelings, but if you have a book or an author or a source that you really think that is cool, let's go put up or shut up. But otherwise, I think that like we can spend our times on these people that I've heard mentioned, Gary Nolan, fucking to, all these to the stars people, how put off even Jack Sarfati, like all these guys, regardless of the spec, what end of the spectrum they're on, they are really exciting individuals. And I, I, I just think it does us a dis- disservice to speculate a little wildly. That's the only two cents I had. Okay, thanks. I can take uh, um, wh- uh, what he was asking. I can take the question that he was asking. Basically, okay, hold on, real quick, real quick. Before you go on, I'm gonna tell Garrett. It wasn't for you. I don't want that individual to answer me. 
All right, hold up, everybody. Just everybody take a break. Here's what I was going to say to Garrett. I agree, actually. And I tell people often, it's a game. You got to play the game. You got to learn how to figure out the real from the shit. And by that, I mean, oftentimes, because of disinfo, because of the stuff that's out there, you have to play the game. So you do have to be wary. And we do talk about a lot of stuff that may get out there and things. So Garrett's got a point, though, too, on some. But I'll say that he is on point about Jack. Everyone in these rooms, grain of salt, and he is being real about one thing. So one of the things I also talk about, what we say and how we act, actually, it reflects on all of ufology, right? And I'm not saying these rooms right now. What I'm saying is when we come at people outside, when we talk about certain things and stuff like that, I get all of this too. So we got to pay attention to that and start kind of like Gary Nolan said. Whenever we talk to people outside of these rooms, we need to understand that we can't start right up. Hey, man, abduction's legit and start. You may want to start somewhere else because, again, it, it turns a lot of people off, unfortunately. And trust me, I'm only telling you this as someone who's found out the hard way, like, on every date, right? Like, no one wants to talk about UFOs like I, would, I do. So, like, I, that's that shit, right? So go ahead, Bruce. I would like to say, about the skeptics. Yeah, I, was, I was next. Okay, so you are just the host was saying for me to reply as well. Sub you. I was doing a sale of skepticism thing. Reply to um, Garrett's point that um, basically, yeah, you should use skepticism. Anyone who follows me knows that I am very skeptical and pretty every case, every famous case. You know, I'm skeptical of it, um, and that yes, the whole topic is full of. Disinfo and and intelligences that are manipulating people, or that for even the kind of benevolent ones seem to use a degree of trickery and deception. I personally suspect that some of that is for teaching you to be more discerning, that it's not necessarily malicious, but it's to make you more discerning, to say that, look, any of us can trick you. Even the ones that are being friendly, we can trick you. So wake up, you know, be more careful. Um, I mean, that's happened to me, and that's one of the reasons why I am very discerning. So I've learned that yet yeah, you do have to be discerning and you do have to be skeptical of all of these contacts and intelligences. And, you know, the history of ufology is replete with many people who led the merry dance and they went out and told everybody that the UFO is going to land on Tuesday or whatever and made fools of themselves or ruined their lives. So, yeah, you do have to take it all with a big pinch of salt and do everything you can to, you know, fact check. Thanks for that, Bruce. Uh, who was who was next? I was next. And listen, yeah. only one well, rule in these rooms. We can all disagree and talk about whatever the hell we want, but we're going to do it respectfully, right? It doesn't matter about where we stand. Yeah. We're just not going to be going at each other. Like We don't scream grip yeah. and call names. Come to points. Well, I mean, I heard about the galactic... I heard about the galactic uh, thing or whatever it is, and as far as the name calling about, you know... They know these kind of aliens and this alien's good and that alien's bad. I mean, I can't tell you which ones are good or bad, but I'll tell you one damn thing. Some of these people are just writing these books to make money, okay? Uh, I think we need to have a panel with me and some other people because I'm the one that sees the invisible dimension, and we need to uh, have like a, a 
you know, if anybody's going to talk to the aliens as an ambassador, you know, it's got to be me. And I, I don't care about what y'all think about. All right. Uh, Good night, you know, uh, and the thing is, you could do Greer. You, me and Greer could have a debate. You know, y'all could vote about stuff. And but Greer, uh, Dr. Greer can't see shit. OK, he doesn't have night vision. He can't see through fucking walls and shit like I can. And I'm telling hey, you, man, uh, open we eye, open eye, open eye, open eye. It's gonna... I know you don't yeah, like, go ahead. brother, I know you don't like Greer. And I agree with a lot of the things you're saying, right? But why do you, let me just take it to that, right? So if you have an for humans, right? Why? I mean, I know you think it's you, but don't you think that there may be other possibilities of others out there that could maybe, because think about this. I know I'm a bad motherfucker, but I can tell you that I definitely don't want to represent humanity. I probably don't want to represent a piece of shit, but my point being is, I think we should pull back from thinking that kind of stuff, right? I'd rather talk about the moon more than, right? Do you think, honestly, actually, he was about to save my ass down. Horrible. Hey, you, yeah, you're breaking up right now pretty bad. Look, uh, the thing is, we we need a panel, though. I mean, Greer, me, Greer, uh, what's that other dude? Um, shit, I can't remember all the names. Lou. Uh, some of the other people, I mean, we need a panel. I just can't, you know, it's not just going to be me. It's going to have to have the magnificent seven or seven of us at least to be on a panel to go talk to the aliens because the stuff that they did, the government, they made a deal with aliens. And you, Garrett, you in? Hey, we got to move around the room real quick. Okay. Here, who's up next? Carolyn, this time. Yamar. Yamar, was it you? My bad. Go, Yamar. That sounded hostile. Yamar. <laughs> okay. So, Garrett challenged us to, uh, what was it? Uh, how to detect the whether things are fake or not. So, from my personal point of view, and I know he doesn't want to hear it, but that's fine. Other, it's a if you challenge me, I am allowed to respond to you. You give me permission. It's a divine magic thing. So when I hear Verlon, he, he sounds like he's serious. That television guy. That's just what I'm receiving. Like remote viewers, we get what we get. It's just a data point. You don't have to believe us. I'm not selling you anything. I don't want to sell you anything. Why would I want to be popular in a world that is in the process of genocide? Do I want your approval? Do I want your approval? Do I wa- Am I afraid of you? Am I afraid of humanity? No. If the entire humanity said that they would kill me if I said something, and my spirit said to say it, I would obey myself. I don't care what you humans say or do to me. So that's the per- my perspective. If you want to be afraid of the government and what other people say because you, they think you're crazy or something, and you don't want to say it, then don't say it. Me, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to live my life the way I want to live and to hell with the totalitarian government, to hell with the red shield tyrants. That's what I say.
See, Yabar, you are like metal as fuck, man. That's, yeah, that's I was going to say that. Thank you for that, Mar. And I was going to say this. I live my life according to however the elf waves or VLF waves tell me to live my life. So if you see something in the news and it's me, it wasn't me. It was elf or VLF, I promise. Maybe who Herrick from the grave. Well, who's up next? Was it uh, Mistress Carolyn? No, Carolyn, you actually might have been up because you, you said made a comment and your hand went down. Yeah, no, I was, I was just... Uh, I admire... Yamar, I, I admire you, man, because like it's it's crazy to understand like the gloom and doom shit and still have like such a great sense of humor. And like we, we do we do have to laugh at ourselves. Um because like I, I don't know, all the fear and the misunderstanding comes from our, our lack of uh willing to understand or achieve the knowledge. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I understand where you come from. Like I, I, I feel that uh, you're very comfortable in knowing, um, what is happening, and I, I think a lot of us are. Like we really do. Like you get to a point where you don't really have any fear whatsoever. Um, and once you've gone through so much, uh, turmoil and bullshit near-death experiences, everything like that, experimentation, um, like, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's refreshing to know that there are other people out there that are probably the same as you, almost exactly the same as you, and knowing that, like, the traumatization has not really destroyed you, and it's just, it's it's enlightenment. It's uh it's dry humor. It's bad humor. It's everything. We can still laugh at all the chaos, and the the, the people that still exist here that have knowledge and they can do that. That shit makes the world a better place. So Yamar, I'm glad that I found you on spaces and stuff. Uh, all that. I'm glad. I'm 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 glad that you host these spaces. All all of this. Every everybody that's involved in all these spaces, when with UAP, UFO, Twitter, paranormal, everything like that, this is such a great place to just meet like-minded people or people that are searching for answers, and we we, we actually get that here, and th this is a privilege we've we've never had, and I, I I don't even know exactly who to thank for this. I mean. Elon. Well, you can thank me for muting you on accident. I didn't mean to do that, but you can also. I apologize, bro. I accidentally was. I wasn't trying to. No, it's, it's, it's oh, all good. Man. It's all good. Yeah, that's not what I meant to do. But let me tell you this. I, I I'm appreciative of everybody in these rooms because they bring a different perspective. I like to kind of pull these things into my brain and see if I've ever heard anything like that. But to Garrett's note. He has a point because I spend sometimes 15 hours a day researching, reading shit that I often wonder, am I reading someone's mental illness or is this real? I'm not even messing with you. So he's kind of, he, he has a very valid point. And post and retweet so much. I often, I'll spend 15 hours a day and sometimes I wonder, did I just spend 10 hours 
reading someone's freaking malaria dream, you know, because there's a lot of that here, disinfo, things like that. And it's like, oh, shit, what do I do with that? Right. And I'm not dissing anything anybody says, because like I have, look, I can problems. Yeah, there's probably nobody that believes the wildest shit that I believe. But mine's because with my experience, anything goes right doesn't mean anything's real, but I'll read anything, shit like that, be has a very valid point when we come out screaming. So nobody come out screaming this shit to the public. Like, I don't go on a date and start talking about Timothy, Timothy McVeigh, elf waves, and the Oklahoma City bombing. It's not the very first thing I do. Maybe the third thing I do, and that's how I get lucky, right? Because that's how the ladies like it. So who is up next? Which one of you guys? I, th I think I was next. Uh, how's everyone going? Um, look, enjoying the chat. I think everyone's making some valid points. Um, but uh, look, with what Andrew was talking about, that, that television broadcast, yeah, that very easily could be explained away by, you know, someone overriding a repeater tower nearby. And I think that's what, what actually happened, right? So um, the other gentleman suggested it was a data point. It's kind of not a data point if it's not relevant and it's fraudulent. It's, if it's a grift, if it's, you know, it's, it's, we don't want that. You know, we want sort of like, we want to deep dive and try to peel back the truth of what's going on. And those things are distractions. But also, I agree with a lot with what Garrett said also, but but what I'm probably challenged with what Garrett said was you kind of make the assumption that, that well, first of all, like you basically said we should be following A, B and C person, right? And the rest is junk. And it's ridiculous that we should speculate on the rule or whatnot. And I disagree with that. I think we should we should always speculate on what we don't know, especially we've been misinformed from the start as far as what the true nature of reality is. And and why should we listen to those people that, that you named when when they will claim to have the truth but don't tell us the truth, you know, but instead insist that it should come from a, pl a place of fear or it's negative. And it also kind of gives notion to that, like, we're dealing with what... I, I, look, I'm not dismissing Gary Nolan or any of those people. They're great at what they do. But at the end of the day, we're dealing with an area of science that, that doesn't exist. We're dealing with the ethereal, like with the, ether, the ether. We're dealing with something that's spiritual, call it spiritual, but whatever is behind it, what gives rise to what life is, that's what we're dealing with. And there's no, unless you refer me to a priest and say they're an expert in that area, but then again, I would probably say they're probably not. You know, we're dealing with, with something that... There's no area of science sort of yet that sort of gives way to that. And to suggest that it's all evil um, and, that, and that we shouldn't speculate even, and that's ridiculous, I, I, I challenge that. And I just think that we should we should discuss it and we should throw our ideas out there because that's who we are by nature as humans. We're designed to be curious. We're designed to sort of want to understand and want to know. So, um, but yeah, with all due respect. So I, I loved everyone's points and I, and I, and I respect everyone's uh, opinions and, and I'm a bit older as well. And I've been in sort of like walk those shoes and as you get older, and Shane, know this is you get older, you, your views change. Um, you live life, you see things, um, you go through things, and, and then it changes your understanding, it changes your perspective and your appreciation. And uh, but like you know, as as older people, we've walked those shoes as younger people, you know. So we get that, we get it. That's all. Great chat. Bravo. Thank you, Benno. Thank you, Benno. Appreciate it. Who was up, Jane? Was it you or Mistress? No, not me. Somebody Mistress or Angela? I think it was Andrew and then Mistress, then me. Are you sure about that? I'm pretty like sure. A, All right, I'm a like group of individuals. I like this. Just whoever feels Absolutely. like um, I think Beno made most of my points. Yeah, Beno made most of my points, and I think others have too. So I'm going to just touch on a couple things. And um, 
I had them ready right quick, but um, yeah, I think Occam's razor is a good principle to steer towards. I do think that if you're careful, if you're not careful, you'll be like Van Gogh. You'll end up with your ear in a box or something, though. So you got to remember, there's a lot of woo that some of us are experiencing every day. Some of us have experienced it since we were two years old and had our first, you know, out of body, astral body you know, projection, whatever. And then I had a experience with my spiritual teacher when I was uh, three three years old, standing next to my mother. And pretty much was above a valley in Tibet looking down on uh, probably where they have the Wessex Festival or Vaishaki, however you call it, every year. And I've known that spiritual teacher in modern life since I was about uh, 18 years old or so. Um, so the, the point I'm going to make and then I'll make other quick points would be discernment. It really does come down to discernment. And I think we're allowed. I mean, not only allowed, it's like we just said, if you're not questioning other people's discernment, then you're looking at a talking head. And you're just trying to pick your you're trying to pick your whoever, you know, is your favorite disclosure mouthpiece. And we have our favorites and there's other people we don't want to hear. But um, the point and we're not going to always agree with each other's um, talking head. But I think that's where Benno made a very good point. We have to like I have to continue to question um, my experiences. And um, that's where I agree with Garrett. He made an excellent point, And we tend to agree with that. And that is don't take it all as gospel and don't take it all as surface value. And in fact, you may find it's like the glass. Uh, the layers of the onion or the glass onion, you're constantly peeling that away. And what makes sense one whole year, you know, may not make sense the next year. The stuff I've gone through and I can, I won't get into it here, but the stuff I went through in this past year led me for such a loop that I damn near felt like, in fact, I still do. I totally relate to what Carolyn's saying. I, I feel like throwing in the towel, but the flip side of it is I identify with Yumir, um, with Yumar, I'm sorry. And with other things Car Carolyn was saying, Totally, because I, I do know some of my experiences, and with all due respect, I don't give a damn who questions, who believes me, who doesn't. I know what I've been through, and the spiritual experiences that are, if I may say so, rock solid, well, I stand on that same rock. Now, I'm still going through my own personal, you can call me an apostate if you like, but um, if you read my profile, I'm not making anything up, and I'm not here for, um, I'm not here to, I am here to create waves, you're damn sure I am, and if I could cripple your money system, boom, if I could snap my fingers and tomorrow you wake up and your money was worthless, I'd do it. And the reason I do it is not because I hate anybody, and it's not because I hate money. money. Money's done nothing wrong, but human greed will kill us all if we let it. And in the meantime, they'll distract us with war and you know other things that I shouldn't mention. And I wasn't going to say any of that, so I'll just say the, the phrase in your Bible is, by their fruits ye shall know them. I think that applies to human beings, angels, demons, devils. Um, most of it's obvious by now, and yet people are still trying to put devils and demons into positions of power. And I ask myself, dear God, what more do you want? Meanwhile, some of the most benevolent of the ETs, just because they look different, people going to call it. People do every day call them demons. And I say, yes, there's a trickster element, but I'm going to resort back to my mythology and study more about Loki. And hell, I missed that series. I thought they canceled it. If they brought it back, God help us. I, I got to get near watch my Loki if, if there really is something new. But I just love that. That trickster element, if it doesn't take us too far down the rabbit hole or push us where we're not ready to go. And then again, if it's for a greater good, yes, I don't think all the strain should fall to us experiencers, but it doesn't. And we're learning to communicate. That's what we're here to do. So I've said most of this, but I just want to say quickly, I never said that 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 I would, you know, defend Vrillon to my dying breath because I think it easily could have been hijacked. That the, that's the Occam's razor explanation. I tend to think that may be what happened. I just want to know who did it. And they had good motivations, but I'd rather they come forward now and say, okay, yes, that's what happened. Because otherwise, you still can't prove that that's what happened. We just, that we're trying to find the explanation. And and similar to that, let's look at crop circles. I'll say it quickly. Look at the work. I could post something later. William Lefty, they call him Lefty Levengood. 
um, did excellent research on crop circles, and he showed he's the guy that taught us how they're made by counter rotating vortices from yes, the ground. I, no, I agree with you, Andrew. He showed the difference between fake and real. I, no, I agree with you on that. It is a great book, so post it because people should check it out because there's a yep. huge difference between man made and how the. So go ahead on that. I'm sorry, Andrew. I, yeah, no, no, thanks, Shane. I, I, that's the point. Is that is that there you can tell the difference because they the well. First of all, there's counter-rotating vortices, but they come not from above. They come from underneath. Now, I'm not saying it's not ET and that they're not trying to communicate with us when they're real. But what I'm saying is you can't just say, oh, we filmed it. It's those little light lighted orbs from above. And I'm not saying that's not real. What I'm saying is there's too much geometry there. And I do think I, I'm not I'm not trying to I'm just pushing back gently, Shane, because I feel like when you look You're at fine, the crop, Randy, but wrap it up for it, brother. Uh, you got it. You got it. When you look at the changes that are that are on the, you know, the microscopic level, the the nodes and all of that, the most important part, if there's one thing that I, I just believe from the next world, Lefty Levengood would want us to hear that the crops that were affected produce better yield, that there's a more bountiful harvest and the food is better. It is a healthier food for you, like more nutritious. And that's the opposite of what's happening with something like Monsanto Bayer. So it's like whether it's the Earth Angels, the Devas, whatever you call them. Um, nature spirits in cooperation with ET, in cooperation with God, divine intelligence. I don't have the answers, but I don't have the answers about Varelan either. So what I'm just doing is trying to fire people up and say, hey, let's look at it. And I'd rather we it's like, let's not call it woo just because it's out there. Let's 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 not shoot it down because it doesn't align. And I'm not trying to defend a character or a personality. But when I say people go after you, OK, the ad hominem with Stephen Greer, I'll, I'll wear you out before you wear me out. Meanwhile. I'm gonna let we got you, Andrew, brother. I'm gonna fired up like a fool, bro. You but let me point let me point this out. Let me point this out. He's got mostly veterans who who have some of them been active duty even when they went forward. People like Sergeant uh, Carl Wolf, and he's got people that had you know been in NASA and seen the airbrush photos. And most of these witnesses for Dr. Greer are good, solid people. One or two might have been fudgy or whatever. And yes, he even got Doty in there. But we've had him in spaces, and people seem to listen to him. So what I'm saying is. Question everyone. I didn't say don't trust. I just say question. And that means that look past the personality and the grifting and the shifting and the bullshit and say, yeah, but look at what these guys told us some of them 20 and more years ago. And let's not cast all, you know, cast that by the wayside or as they say, throw the baby out with the bathwater. So I, I didn't mean to go on. I could go on forever. But but thanks You're for letting right. me ramble. Yep. Thank, thank you. OK, here's what I'm going to say. In this community, there ain't many reporters. And in the community, sometimes there's disinfo. Some of these reporters maybe do stupid shit. I'm not going to name names. But you shouldn't judge the whistleblower based on the individual they have to fucking go to. Because look, look at me. I'm a reporter. I'm your pro. That should be scary. There's not a lot of us that'll take this shit seriously and listen to someone talk about shit like Spartan 1 and 2. So that's what I'm, I get. I don't even pay attention to like whoever it is bringing it. Like if it's Linda Moulton Howe or Greer. Doesn't matter to me. But when it's Michael Herrera telling a story, I will tear that piece apart and start looking elsewhere for information. Or if it's other things like that. If he's giving information out, I don't care what his motives are. They may be for attention and wealth. Who gives a shit? Vet the information. That's all I can do, man, is say that, right? So I spend a lot of time going through garbage. And then a lot of time, shit, I just posted uh, some information from Spartan 1 and 2 about the Pulsar map. And I know a lot of people give shit to Linda Moulton Howe because of prices, money, things like that, right? Speaking of money, you guys, you can tip me all you want, and I'm not going to call myself a grifter, I promise. <laughs> so let's get around the room. Who was next? 
Mistress than me. Mistress. Yeah. Um, some really good points are being made. Uh, this is why I love spaces, because you get various different perspectives on things. And I totally get what uh, you were saying, Garrett. Like, it's important to be skeptical. And it's good to have people like you around that keep us grounded and, you know, things like that. But the thing that we have to understand that is often the case is truth is stranger than fiction. And this has been the case for a very long time. Uh, yeah, like, we, we just, we don't know what we don't know. And, uh, you know, it's a, like, in regards to discernment and that kind of thing, like, um, there are two kinds of people in the world that I think are really great at that. Uh, one of them would be, like, engineers, because they have to try and figure out how stuff is made and, you know, how to engineer it and all that kind of thing. And then you have magicians as well. And the funny thing about magicians, is, and there's a quote by James Randi, he talks about this. He says, magicians are the most honest people in the world. They'll tell you straight up that they're going to fool you. Um, well, he didn't say straight up, I added that bit. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, and then they'll do it, you know, the world, uh, you know, these people in power, you kind of have to look at them as magicians in a lot of way, you know, um, they'll tell you the truth in there somewhere. If you look for it, if you actually pay attention, um, like there's, strong evidence for that like they'll hide the truth in plain sight right in front of you and you won't even realize it's there uh you know unless you're you know read in or you're in the know about that particular thing like they've been doing this for centuries at this point because they know that there are people with curious minds that are interested in the world around them and interested in understanding, uh, you know, like the secrets and the, the mysteries that the world has to offer, you know, uh, cause the world is, is very strange. <laughs> I mean, just looking at like, the various different things within uh, the world, like uh, aquatic life comes to mind. There's so many strange and uh, unusual creatures just below us in the water, even without even considering what could be on other planets. And, uh, yeah, uh, I'm loving the discussion, but le let's get to some of the other hands.
you guys touched on a lot of amazing topics. Um, I just want to touch on a couple and I'll pass on really fast. My phone's going to die. But I'm really thankful for spaces like this. I have been trying to tell my story, well, honestly, since I was seven, but publicly since for the past 17 years. And I have gone to every source you could possibly think of. So I know that a lot of people, you know, like uh, wonder why certain people go to different people. It's just because a lot of people don't want to hear these type of things, especially when there's so many different factors. And I don't have all the answers. That's why I'm asking, you know, I the way I describe it is dump a bunch of puzzle pe puzzles on the floor upside down and then have to sift through them and put them together i always knew i was adopted but i didn't know i was kidnapped that wasn't the narrative that i was given and you know even though i went through a lot of this abuse as a child that wasn't the lens that i viewed it from it was my normal so having to process this stuff as an adult while you're still going through stuff and you know my dad being murdered and then you know finding my birth mother through a dream and you know getting all this validation and, you know, I was angry, if I'm going to be honest. When I first got all these answers, it pissed me off because I'm like, my grandma works for the CIA. My grandpa did. My, you know, my dad, like, he tried to go AWOL, but, you know, ultimately he lost that, you know, battle. And it just felt like so many adults in my life betrayed me. Like, they had the ability and the power. They had power, legitimate power, and they, they didn't say anything. And, I mean... Coming, you know, as a mom, that really bothers me because I feel like survivors have to jump through unrealistic hoops just to be heard. And there's been periods in my life where I didn't have the emotional capacity or the fight left to keep going. And, you know, I ran off of pure spite and vengeance that I was going to make these people pay if it's the last fucking thing I do. And that's why I post everything and anything I can, redacted and non-redacted, irregardless if it puts me in trouble. That's why if I can find a safe space, I'm willing to name names. I know Delta, I know some people. Um, and I have screenshots, messages since 2008 to prove it. I just, I want to find the right place and I would like to deep dive on some of the torture methods and maybe read some of the or post some of my uh journals because you know i'm 36 but i've been writing since age seven and i watched matilda and harriet the spy and all i got from those movies was kids could hold these adults accountable if you had evidence so i started writing down the drug names doctors drawing maps tunnels everything that i could think of because you know i might lose this this battle but i'm gonna win the war i never understood why whenever my dad had me for those two weeks there in the summer and every other weekend why you know i had to go run pt every morning before school or why he taught me all these endless stuff that I'd never use. Why don't you know how to make a bow drill? Why don't you have to know all the survival stuff? You know, but without that discipline, without him utilizing the short amount of time that he had, I did not made it. I did not. I, I've, I've been spiritually attacked. And thankfully I have evidence on that, but I've been physically attacked. I've been stalked. I've been harassed. I have had social media accounts shut down. Um, I, I've, I've been attacked from multiple angles and I just want to let them know because there's people that follow me. There's a lot of, you know, my family that abused me that are on this app that actively follow me that you'll never see say anything about me. And I've been just trying to provoke, you know, provoke them to sue me because if I can get them to sue me, that's the easy open shut case to counter sue. But unfortunately, they're not taking the bait yet. <laughs> Thanks, Angela. I appreciate you being here. And thank you for sharing your documents and shit. Anybody can speak whatever truth they got in these rooms, right? And it's very important that each individual use their filters, go research and find stuff. And when I'm not going to speak for Garrett, but one of the things I will say is I like information that has documents and things that we can vet out. And we're not going to get anywhere in this subject if we're just kind of, I, I think he's like, we're not going to get anywhere telling everybody, hey, guess what? UFOs are real. 
we have crash tech anecdotal story follows right we need more we need to do more and that's that's kind of where i lean on it right so a lot of this stuff and we can stand speak your truth but i really want you motherfuckers to produce documents put them in these damn threads and i shouldn't have said the mf word that was very bad of me but my point being is post shit right walk me to where you're at i have no problem changing my mind but i like documents links sources because i love that stuff penny i'm so excited to hear you I haven't talked to you in forever Thank you, Shane. Hello, everybody. It's really nice to be here. Wonderful space. Lots and lots going on in it. Um, I'm actually going to be a real pain in the ass, and I'm going to go right back to what um, Open Eye was saying, because I don't know if he's left or not. But it was um, going back to this idea of um, groups of, of um, to do with the whole disclosure pro process and what's involved in it and what isn't. And I'm very much thinking of the interviews with Dan Daniel Sheehan recently. And, um, you know, the setup of the uh, group of nine that will be involved in the whole um, overseeing the disclosure process and it's, it's the manner in which it will be carried out. And what I find quite um, uncomfortable is that um, you wonder who's going to be on that. You wonder where they're going to be pulling the information from and... It, you know, you'd want to see a name like Jacques Vallée on there. You'd want to see some really key people with great longevity in the game there. And I know that Daniel Sheehan is one of those. But again, he's a wonderful legal mind. And it seems to me, um, sort of almost bouncing back to some of the things that Mistress was saying, is that there's always a nugget of truth in everything that's given to us. Um, I think that's the best liars. They always hold the truth, just an element of it. And I find that along with so much of what we've been given and so much documentation, especially on one of the interviews that I heard, I cannot remember the name of the people, but it was to do with the amount of documentation. It's a recent um, interview, God, I'm trying to think of the name now. But basically they were saying that there are significant forged documents actually held within the uh, military industrial machine that are actually created there in order to subvert the very nature of the industrial machine that's trying to get disclosure out in a warped manner. So you're actually warping the, the process that's already warped. So for me, it's, um, and again, going back to a lot of what Andrew says, is that I have to feel my way with my gut on a lot of this because I think... When you have had experiences, and however that might be, your percussive um, response to what's happening to you from this other, then you're, you're resonating back in a way that that phenomena finds the best way to interact with you, to get a response, to get you to notice, to get you to pay attention. But I also think that, so I have to feel my way through to a degree in order to disseminate the shit from the excuse my language from from you know the good stuff and so for me what I'm doing degree by degree is that I take it back to a Gaia perspective and I take it back to a self-humanity perspective and I think when I'm looking at this and I'm looking at um, the manner in which the whole process is beginning to come about I have to see whether it sits inside with me in a moral perspective so um, to do with this group of nine that's coming up, I would want to see a very strong ethical um, component to what they're doing in terms of, you know, it's all great to say this is down to um, 
national security and I can respect national security and all of those sorts of things but national security was MK Ultra and um, MJ12 and some really disgusting and really unpleasant elements was part of that sort of national um, protective umbrella and so for me when it comes to the whole disclosure process it's like you say Shane I think an echo chamber is a really dangerous thing because it allows that additional warping of what's been going on to be literally progressive. So I'm really grateful for people that come up and, you know, throw me a curveball and say, you know, well, have you thought about this? Have you looked at this? One of the amazing things that I heard from somebody bouncing around again, sorry, Shane, um, to do with crop circles was um, take these images of crop circles and however they're made, however they may not be made, Put those into an autistic mind, they will turn it into a 3D diagram, uh, um, schematic. And they can produce these extraordinary 3D um, schematics of, of what they're looking at. And it, it's, uh, I, I just think we've got to turn it on its head a little bit. Um, sorry, Shane, I'm, I'm too rambling, but it's like there's so much in it. I'm starting to uh, i am feeling my way through and i'm feeling my way through with extraordinary people who are expanding my mind and expanding my soul and it's an incredible journey and if we're if we're just here for an incredible journey i'm really bloody pleased i jumped on with the people here because um it's it's vital it's vital to us to change as people and it's vital for what we're going through as a world and it's not some small sideline thing if we have this disclosure and they're talking about national security, the whole idea of national security is turned on its head. So national security becomes something completely different and humanity becomes what is key. And at the moment, humanity is the thing that's being absolutely sliced and diced. And we need a lot more humanity and a lot more soul than we do, you know, the sort of the mess. Sorry. Can, can I ask you, Penny, quickly? I really want before Garrett goes. Sorry, Garrett. I just want to quickly ask Penny. Like, is it really? You said that like the board of nine or those nine people that should be ethically guarded and have morals, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We all agree with that. But is it from the whole preface? Is it really disclosure when it's more? What are they disclosing? Like they're charged with disclosure, right? So are they disclosing technology? Are they disclosing ET? It's more about if, if we look at the the definition is it's a phenomenon. And so how can you disclose what you don't understand? So is it more a case of they're charged with discovery and, and in telling us what they've discovered or is that disclosure or, I mean, like, what are they disclosing? You know, like in a nutshell, is it technology or is it extraterrestrial life? Like what are they actually charged with? You know, like sort of what's the, what's the whole preface for the whole sort of like the legislation being like, you know, exam yeah. being brought into... Well, I think I think initially, from what I'm hearing and from what I'm understanding, the reason why they've got somebody like Daniel Sheehan there is because at the moment they're dealing with tech, they're dealing with something of tangible nature that they can say ownership of. And that's why they've got a big fat lawyer on there. No disrespect. Daniel is not fat. Sorry. It's not meant like that. It's, it's just, you know, they're going to take big legal concepts and they're going to shove that in there because, forgive me, but there is a great... Um, ideology in the states that relies on who sues who and when and it's it i don't think that's a misnomer i think that's true 
and they've the government is going to cover its ass one way or another. So I think initially they start with tech because tech is the place that most non people who are who are not steeped in this like you know goddamn streak treacle um tech's the easy most comprehensible place to start and then they it, it keeps it in the realm of it still could be us debate though you know it doesn't sort of like yeah. the home run as far as saying it belongs to like non-human like the the nhi hasn't been sort of it's an acronym used and but it's not actually in the legislation it's not even on the ro website is it no i think the problem with it is, I mean, are they going to come down to intellectual property? That's going to be a laugh. Um, but I think there's, from what I'm hearing and from what I'm seeing, is that they're going to be trying to attribute boxes so that we can cope with better something that comes up that is just not in the box at all. Because if this is as far out as I personally think it is, which is, you know, a whole thing to do with collective hive mind, all things to do with... Our capabilities as human beings, I think, has been suppressed and crushed for decades. Um, I think it's been suppressed and crushed probably through things right through from religion all the way through. Um, I think there's our ability to access this is going to be fed to us in drips. So they're starting where we can access it most um, obviously for our brains. Does that sound... I don't know if that answers the question. Sorry, Brett. Sorry, Benno. That's a good answer. Go ahead, Garrett. And we're going to close up after this. So what you got, brother? I know you got a lot now. Yo, okay. So I wasn't going to speak again, but that YMARSAR account said something, and I wanted to ask them a question. Because I, I, as I said, put up or shut up. And I see in their profile, they say that they're against the cabals. And I wanted to know, in their estimation, who is the cabal? That's the first question. And then two, is who can we count on to stop this cabal? And I just want to just listen to what you say. And uh, yeah, and, and if you could, please share what books you read your information in. And I'd be happy to read them and check them out, bro. Well, thanks for asking the question. You have the right not to know and the right to know the truth. So before you weren't interested in my whack account, now you want to ask me questions, which is fine. I'm more friendly, Magus. What is a Magus? It's uh, what Alistair Crowley was trying to graduate to, but then he went paranoid and died because he failed. So uh, one of the subsects you link to, maybe that's your subsect, is interesting, the Book of Kadohu and um, Puharaj and these uh, Alistair Crowley neophytes. They do magic, like a consciousness magic of a sort. So I never read any of these books. I don't have to. I simply remembered my skills, and my skills are greater than theirs. If you want to know what those skills are, well, you can read the book of Cthulhu for some of these skills. Does that answer your question? No. In other words, you're declining to answer is what I set that up to be. You're declining to understand. That's what's on Garrett's Substack, right? That I posted on my profile. I don't know if that was his book. That was his Substack. I'm asking you. Let me repeat the question just to make it clear, because he didn't answer any part of my question. I'm not trying to be a jerk. 
in your profile, it says that you're an independent from the cabal. And I wanted to know who is the cabal. And if you know that, please tell us so we can learn more about it and be more vigilant citizens. I also ask who can we count on to stop this cabal, which I hope you have. And if you don't know, that's okay too. And then the last thing I wanted to say was just like, um, I don't even remember the last thing. If you answered that alone, I would be very pleased. But, oh, the book. If you have a book that you've read this information in, please tell us. If you have a source or a military person or a doctor. I addressed, yeah, I was addressing the last question. I'm saying that, that. yeah, I'm addressing your last question. Okay. The last question was, where's my knowledge come from? So my knowledge is not coming from any of the books. It just comes from my skills and my memories. Yikes. And as for the cabal, well, you look at the world today. I mean, there's plenty of conspiracy theories. I don't want to tell you this because you told me you don't want to hear it. So I'm respecting your free will, Gary. No, if you'd like, I can repeat those three questions again because I'm getting good at repeating. I know what's your question. You asked me what the cabal was, but I'm respecting your free will not to know all the whack stuff on my conspiracy uh, substack and my uh, Twitter. So I'm just telling you, just look in the world. There's plenty of conspiracies of what the cabal is. The Red Shields, the Banksters, what do you want to know? I mean, it's all out there. The, the books have been written. You don't need so me to say can you. Who can we trust? You can trust no one. It's all fake. It's all Cthulhu. It's all dark magic. I'm just a friendly magus. I don't know anything. You can't trust me. I think that's a good place to cap it off, Shane. Yeah, Garrett. You yeah, can't trust anybody off. here. Right, don't, don't listen to it. Don't listen to it, man. It's, 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 it's all, all untrue. Your brain. <laughs> all right, Penny, you're going to end this, and you're going to make us cry happy tears, right? That's what you're going to do. <laughs> okay. Um, one thing I would say to that is um, I wouldn't um, try and pin certain things on Alistair Crowley without having known a great deal about... Um, Maybe it helps if you know someone that knew him, but I would say I wouldn't, I would be very careful of the interpretation in which Alistair Crowley is viewed. And the other thing that I'd say is that the whole thing that I've enjoyed about being a part of a space and coming in late to it and hearing all the different things is that everybody here is passionate. And yes, I believe in the passion of this, and I think that the passion of this is going to grow this. Take it out. It will reach lots and lots and lots of people who don't understand it and don't talk about it at the moment. And it doesn't matter in what form that goes out. The percussive energy of what we're saying and the resonance of what we're saying is going to vibrate out. It's not some gooey, nice, soft cloud, fluffy thing. It's actually really hard and it's really difficult and it's really, it takes a great deal of thinking about to bend our minds into all these different shapes and forms. But ultimately we're creating something that's going to allow us to progress as a human populace. And we're the start of that and everything has to start somewhere and we're the seed of it. And I think it's very, very important that it grows. So we've got to throw out elements of trust somewhere because if we don't start doing that, there's no thread for it to carry on through with. So to me, these threads of speaking and warmth and intelligence and argument and all of it is all critical for the movement forwards. So I'm very proud to be a part of it. B, I've got to say it every time. I love you. Thank you so much to everyone. 
You're amazing. Take care. Thank you, Penny. I appreciate it. Mistress, go ahead, and we're going to wrap it up after this. Yeah, as for who the cabal are, I sort of answered it when I spoke. They're magicians, and who do we trust to counter the cabal? Other magicians, you know? If you want to learn discernment, if you want to really find the truth in anything, learn what magicians and illusionists learned, because there's some really interesting rabbit holes uh, to go down there, where some magicians claimed to work with demons in order to do some of the things that they were doing for their shows, for their like performances and things. Like There's some really strange and unusual things there. You know, um, what what is happening is the veil is being lifted, right? Like, and, and we're noticing that there's a shift, a constant change in the energy and the frequency of everything going on around us, and eventually. You know, their illusions, they're not going to be as effective because we're waking up, we're seeing past that veil, you know? Like, that that's all it is. It's fucking illusion magic, you know? <laughs> that, like, and how you see past that is you learn how they did some of these tricks, you learn how they did all that kind of thing, you know? It, it, it's, uh, you know, misdirection and sleight of hand and all these skills are 100% used to throw the wool over people's eyes. And it's been done for a very long time. Um, now, dark magic and the Aleister Crowley kind of stuff, that's a different kind of magic that's magic with a K um you know uh that's looking into like you know that gets into the duality of man um you know uh order and chaos uh effectively like if you look into it even further you realize that you know um the world runs on a principle of duality you know, there's good and evil, there's light and dark. Um, both of them, if you go even further than that, are different ways of accomplishing the same goals. Um, like, you know, uh, it, it's uh, fascinating stuff. But, yeah, like, if, if, you, if you want the answer as to who the Cabal is and how we fight them, Study magicians. Look into that rabbit hole because you'll find some interesting and relevant things that relate to high strangeness and it connects to everything. And I mean everything. 
Can you like, please name yeah. one book or anything that you're talking about where I can see these truths that you're espousing? Like, please just name a book or name the research that you've done so we can be on the same page because so far I've just heard fluff. Okay. All right. That, 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 that's fair. Yeah. Um, there's a book uh, that uh, goes into this. It, it's called Hocus Pocus. It's by a guy named Paul Kiev. Um, and he actually showed up on the set of Harry Potter and he like went around sort of showing people magic tricks on the on the set of Harry Potter. Uh, in fact, there's a Ford in that book by Daniel Radcliffe, um, and yeah, it goes into the the sort of demonic side of it. How these people claim to work with demons. It, it talks about a number of historical magicians um uh even some that i had not heard of previously uh, like uh ionia who was a female magician like there's some really cool stuff and it also teaches you how to do uh like step by step how to do some of these tricks um and what you begin to realize is like <laughs> you know, uh, it it it, uh, it it completely changes your perception of the world around you and uh, how it all came to be in a lot of ways. Because, like I say, they they use a lot of these tactics that magicians use in other stuff, um, even today. You know, misdirection having you focus on one thing while they're doing something else somewhere. You know, even, even other people in other spaces have pointed it out, you know. Oh, it's misdirection. You know, oh, it's a distraction. Right? And that's because... All right, Mr. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. I like everything you have to say. I'm only interrupting because I'm going to have to wrap this space up. But one thing no I, I think Garrett was trying to say is... We speak in a lot of anecdotal terms, and if you take anecdotes in one hand and if you shit in your other, there's no difference. So what we need to start doing is, right, we can have these conversations. Let's start posting those books, those like I'm doing, right? Let's post those threads, those sources, that information so we're not just talking out our asses. That's what Garrett, I think, is asking, right? He wants you to walk him to where he's at. He's not even saying that he won't get there, just... Show them the books. Give them that information. Instead of saying, I read this somewhere, right? That's I think that's what I'm getting at, too. And here's the reason I want you guys to start doing it. I live for that. 